Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. From the cave, if you couldn't tell, that was Axel Rose screaming in our cave right there. Yeah. <laughs> this is Straight Football Talk. I am your host, Teddy the Bear Tate. Alongside me here is Dallas Big D Duclo. I'm always up in here. <laughs> like I live here or something. Big D, I know you're ready, man. I'm you, ready. It's I'm a good awesome. day. It's a good day for good football. Day. Before we get started, we want to let all the new listeners know we've had a lot of people like like our page this yeah. week. So we've got a lot more listeners. It's because of it's because of what I said last week. That's, that's because of what I said. If they don't follow me, I'm gonna run up in the pad. I'm not scared. I'll we're getting more people. We're, we're growing, um, but we want to make sure everybody knows this show has a non-biased and no BS filter on here. Um, if you're not sure what a no BS filter is or what BS stands for, please look it up. We're not going to tell you. On here, we will not sugarcoat our opinions. On topic, but we do not allow any profanity, so we'll abbreviate it. We also want you to be a part of the conversation and be a part of the show. Come on, guys. Please either call 718-508-9883 or like our Straight Football Talk on Facebook. On Twitter. The, the, follow the show. Like the show. Um, like the page, really. Yeah. Um, share the, the video. Um, Twitter. LinkedIn. Totally Driven Entertainment's Facebook page. Totally and Driven. Guys, guys, Instagram. Instagram. And LinkedIn. Yes. Um, we're everywhere. Just follow us on social media, guys, really. We're, we're, we're growing. Um, before we get started, again, we want to make we want to make sure we say thank you to everyone for the love and support you've given us. Oh, yeah. Um, it means a lot to us, and it's with your help that we keep growing. Um, can't say that enough. We can't stress that enough. I want to apologize to everybody, too. I'm, I kind of have a cold today, so... Uh, Big D doesn't apologize for nothing. I apologize for nothing, <laughs> ever. So, also, before the show gets started, we actually talked to a guy this week, or I guess I did. You haven't yet. But uh, talked to a guy named Brian Slack. Um, we want to credit him. Um, Brian Slack, CEO, entrusted NFL media member for all NFL information and for fantasy football information as well. With fantasy football, though, we don't pull any information from others. It's literally our own professional, mediocre per, uh, opinion. Uh, no, it ain't mediocre. <laughs> Listen here, nothing I do is mediocre. And I'm going to say it. Now that we're live on the radio, I want to say it right now. I've seen a lot of nonsense yes. this week just on ESPN. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to throw the verbal barks that I just threw out on Facebook. Stephen A. Smith, Kip Bayless, <laughs> you guys do a lot of talking, but it ain't about sports. Yeah. I want to know where that's at. So hit me up via Twitter, Facebook. Let's see what you got, big boys. Yeah, because I'm hearing a lot of I'm hearing a lot of hard talk. Yeah, I, I ain't say, hearing a lot of action. I would I would love to I would love to have a debate you and me versus and reuniting Skip Bayless yeah. and Stephen A. Smith yeah. and having a little two v two. Yeah, I'd love to have them. I'd love to have them. <laughs> so, Big D, let's get started. We have a lot to discuss today, including two interviews. Yeah, two exclusives. Two exclusives today. So, Big D, let's get started. We start our NFL buzz this week in none other than Philadelphia, where we're being broadcasted out of. Hey. Fantastic. 
where the Eagles have released running back Ryan Matthews. Matthews was given a clean bill of health on Tuesday after having an off-season neck injury, or surgery, excuse me, and then after he was cleared, he was shortly released. Man, that sucks. Matthews missed workouts all off-season while being in rehab, and the Eagles were waiting until he was medically cleared to, be, to release him. By cutting Matthews, the Eagles will save $4 million. That's nice. On their uh, salary cap. This move was evident when the team signed LeGarrette Blount um, during the offseason. You know, there was rumors before they even signed LeGarrette Blount about them cutting Ryan Matthews. But, Big D, you know, what, you know who saves money here? The Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I think right. they save some money. And you know what that means? They get money in the bank. Cha-ching, baby. Get a little money in the bank. Uh, Andrew said, Andrew said, Smith and Skip are two most ignorant people in all sports. I completely agree. Thank you, Andrew, for commending on you that. You know, Andrew, I don't think, uh, I don't think it's that they're necessarily ignorant. I think that they're just too focused. Uh, I think ESPN has become too focused on the on, on, on politics. Yeah, that's right. They, they keep forgetting that they're a sports, they're a sports station, not a social commentary. You know, and I don't know how many people I've talked to um, that have said that. I don't even watch ESPN anymore. I don't even watch this sports show because they just talk about politics. You know, well, you know the and, thing is, Ted, and I don't want to get too deep into it. Right. We've got a lot to do today. But, we do. Uh, you know, today it's all, it's all become a social commentary. Right. And, they're, and they're doing it. They're doing it to become trendy. But you know what? We're going to be trendy because guess Without. what? I don't care. We're staying neutral. We, we we stay on the football. If it ain't got anything to do with football, we don't care about it. <laughs> you know, I love I love Andrew's comment now. Stephen A. predicted the NBA finals wrong like six years in a row. Wow. Yeah, and again, nobody holds these guys accountable. These are so-called uh, experts, yeah, yeah. and then they're not held accountable when all they're wrong all the time. All they do is get on TV and make a lot of noise. Yep. So being released, others are being signed. Hey. Big D, the Miami Dolphins and former Bengals linebacker Ray Maluga have agreed to a one-year deal. Maluga was released by the Bengals back in March, and this move is in response to the 2017 uh, second-round draft pick, Raekwon McMillan, uh, tearing his ACL, unfortunately. Yeah, that, that would that would suck. Um, with the signing, the Dolphins helped boost their linebacker core, though. Whoa, hello, Ted. Uh, helped boost their linebacker core, though. And, they again, it's a, it's a solid veteran. Uh, probably only going to be a one-year deal. Hopefully Raekwon uh, heals and will help start contributing next year. What's up? You know what happened, though? <laughs> He's got more money in his bank. <laughs> more money in his bank. Man, you like the buttons, don't I you? Do. You're, you're a soundboard guy at heart. <laughs> so, now, let's keep it in the AFC where another player has been signed. More money. Hey. The Baltimore Ravens signed center Jeremy Zuda. Oh. If you guys don't remember this, earlier this offseason, the Ravens traded Zuda back in May to the 49ers in a swap of sixth-round draft picks. And then... Just last week, Zuda was cut by the 49ers. Zuda's deal is reportedly a two-year deal, $4 million of which is guaranteed with a maximum of $6 million in incentives. Last year, Zuda started all 16 games with the Ravens and earned his first Pro Bowl bid. So they, 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 they swapped six-round draft picks yeah. and get rid of Zuda. And you know, that was a big move there for the Niners. Yeah, and then the Niners get rid of him, and the Ravens like, well, okay. I guess we'll get him back. Hey, and you know, Ted, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You got to pay the big boys the big bucks, baby. Absolutely. Especially your center. Come on. Absolutely, man. Zuda wasn't the only big boy getting a new deal, Big D. On Thursday, center Justin Britt has signed a three-year extension with the Seattle Seahawks, a team we're going to be talking about here in a little bit. 
The deal is worth $27 million, and $15 million is guaranteed. Big D, you got to pay the big, the big boys the big bucks. That's some big bucks right there. That that's is some big bucks. That's going to keep that door rolling around and rocking for a while. Yes, I, I, I completely agree. I, Smart move, too. It is. They, 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 that and you got to you got to protect Russell Wilson. I mean, uh, uh, top priority has got to be Russell Wilson now, as far as you know, on the offense, keeping him healthy, keeping him okay. having the offense going, all that good stuff. So we now move on to a veteran, another veteran that was signed to a new team this week. Um, Tremaine Brock was signed to a one-year deal with the Seattle Seahawks. Don't know the money yet. Yeah. At least I haven't found out yet. Brock had a domestic violence charge and was released by the 49ers. The case was dismissed by the Santa Clara County District Attorney's Office earlier this month, and Seattle Seahawks get another viable veteran cornerback. What do you think, Big D? Well, I think um, I think it's always good to have some depth defense, but again, you want to watch out for the off-field distractions, you know. Absolutely. Well, and you know, we got Well, you know, it's dismissed, but. So you don't want to – the thing that I like to stress with a lot of these players is if you just stop putting yourself in these situations to begin with, you right. don't have to worry about that. Um, we've seen a lot of poor judgment being right being uh, used by a lot of players this offseason. And you know right. what? We're going to talk about one of those players today. You know, he's actually trending right now on Twitter. Ted. He's been trending for a while he's on Twitter. He's been trending for a while. Twitter. So I think you know who it is. You wouldn't happen to be talking about Ezekiel Elliott, would you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about this. <laughs> we'll be talking about it again. Somebody's getting a dough today. Dad. Somebody's getting a dough, he says. Oh, my gosh. Even if we don't have it planned, we're getting a dough out there. Somebody's getting it. So, before we talk about that, though, we need to move on to injury alerts. Big D, we've got some injuries coming up, man. Oh, man. Delvin Bro, quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, will be out six weeks with a fractured fibula. Oh. Ouch. Mm. Man. We should get a soundbite for these. We do. So, next guy, Lucky Whitehead, wide receiver, kick returner of the New York Jets, will have surgery on his broken foot. Lucky, come on. Whitehead will more than likely miss at least one game this se- in the regular season. I'll tell you what, for a guy whose name is Lucky, he, he's, very unlucky. he's been very unlucky. He's been very unlucky. <laughs> I'm glad you said no, that. No, no knock against you, Lucky. I hope you. I wish you a speedy recovery, man. You're getting a rough go of it, I tell you. Yeah. Next guy, George Fant. Left tackle of the Seattle Seahawks will miss the entire 2017 season oh. due to a torn ACL that he suffered Saturday night against the Vikings. Let me hear what you're thinking about that. Oh, man, it, that would suck. And especially being a big boy. Yeah. Next guy, Lions defensive end Kerry Hyder will be out the entire 2017 season. Hyder is out for the year due to a torn uh, Achilles. Oh, wow. Yeah, that he sustained during the preseason game against the Colts. Um, and, you know, Ted, that's something I think we ought to talk about at some point is uh, these preseason games. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've heard time and time again from a lot of these players about how dangerous some of these preseason games yep. are. You get some of these guys on the field, especially with some of the less experienced players. Well, a lot of injuries in preseason. And I think, I think it's not said enough because you, people always say, um, oh, it's only preseason. Well, listen – there's a reason why these play the starting guys aren't playing because they still get hurt. That stuff still happens. Well, and when people say it's just preseason, I think they tend to forget that even though, oh yeah, it's just preseason. These guys are trying to win their jobs. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're going all out. If anything, I would say that preseason games might be more of a risk to players than regular season games. Because it's literally going all out. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, when you're trying to fight for a roster spot, and that's what these guys are doing right now. They're yeah, fighting for a roster fighting spot. to be on this team. Yeah. You know, you know speaking of, um, a guy that won a, the starting gig on a team I can watch later on today yeah, yeah. is um, the Pittsburgh Steelers. We talked about this guy. Right before the show, yeah. um, T.J. Watt, if you guys haven't heard, earned the starting outside linebacker role over James Harrison. And James Harrison is completely okay with it. He's fine to, for whatever the team needs him to do, he's going to do it. There's the thing about that. It doesn't matter if he's okay with it or not. Cause it's going to happen. Right. But, I mean, you know, he's 39 years old. He's an old veteran. And he's going to help T.J. Watt blossom. And I think T.J. Watt's got a special spot on the oh, Steelers he's defense. Already. He's, he's already showing he's good. Moving on. Um, staying with the, the injuries, though, we've got uh, one more. Bill's newly acquired wide receiver, Jordan Matthews, has a chip fracture in his sternum and will be listed as week to week. So the Bills just got him. Now he's got a, 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 a chip fracture in his sternum. So that is a tough break. The staff here at Straight Football Talk want to wish all of these players a swift and speedy recovery. It's not fun to be hurt, and they, we know they want to play the game that they love so much. Yeah, we, we want to see you guys on the field, not on the injury list. <laughs> right. Take, rehab those injuries. Take the time. Listen to your trainers, guys. Come on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so before we move on to um, to our final part of the NFL buzz, let's see if anybody – okay, so Andrew's commented a little bit more here. Um, he said, where do you think Matthews ends up? So he's talking about Ryan Matthews. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that he's a free agent, he's got a clear, clean bill of health. Um, you know, I think he still finds a team, and it's going to be a team, obviously, that needs a running back. Um, you know, the Indianapolis Colts could be a, a team that can say, hey, we could use them as kind of like a, a relief pitcher kind of kind of running back. Or, you know what, the Baltimore Ravens, they have uh, Danny Woodhead there. Why not a reuniting uh, running back front um, like they had over in San Diego, yeah. you know? Um, that would be kind of interesting. The Cleveland Browns could be another team. Cleveland might be looking for a veteran. Yeah, um, another team. Uh, trying to think off the top of my head real fast. Um, I'd hate to say it, but, you know, maybe, maybe even the Denver Broncos. I mean, they've got a lot of injury-prone guys on there. Maybe they'll take another injury-prone running back over there. Hey, <laughs> there we go. Uh, um, another uh, – we're really, though, you could think – consider the Oakland Raiders. You could. Um, they've got Marshawn Lynch, and that's about it. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got Marshawn Lynch, and he could be – and Ryan Matthews could be a solid backup for him. <laughs> but again, um, with him being hurt, it, it could I, someone someone's gonna grab him. But I just it ain't gonna be for very much. I can tell you that right now. I'm gonna make big money. Biggie, come over here a little bit, man. You're you're a little ways away from me. Oh, well, stay, I know. Stay stay close, Big D. Uh, uh, so and he also says poor judgment. Um, cough, Zeke. Yeah. Yeah. So before again, we gotta before we go into Zeke because I think everybody's wanting to talk about Zeke. Um, we move to our final part of our NFL buzz, which is linebacker Zach Orr, for the second time since January, has announced his retirement. The former Ravens defender had 17 interested teams in him, but none of the 17 teams, uh, doctors could clear him due to his spinal condition. Um, Some of the teams that thought he could play with the spinal condition still remained worried of his herniated disc, which still goes back to his spinal condition. So Orr is quoted in saying, he's got a lot of quotes talking, but we're going to use a short one. Um, end quote, six teams in person, 11 teams over the phone, that's 17 teams, more than half the league, and I couldn't get one of them to give me the green light because at the end of the day, my spine was too jacked up, end quote. Pretty much what he said is he's okay with retiring for the second time because he now knows for sure 
nobody's going to clear him. Nobody's going to take that risk on him with you that know, final condition. And, and you know, we we just mentioned how a lot of these guys they want to be on the field, but mm-hmm. you guys, you, people don't understand the competitive nature, the the hunger that's in some of these guys. Oh, absolutely. Um, but sometimes you just got to be protected from yourself. And I, I actually want to grant kudos to the league for you know, you know, <clears throat> looking out for himself. Yeah, and you know. You don't want to see that with any player. You want to see somebody be able to fulfill their dream, right? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, um, you don't want him to get hurt either. And it just sucks more when there's a Zach Orr being uh, – he was going to be a good player. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? At, yeah, at minimum. He was, a, he was a good player. And the Ravens miss him. The league misses him. And, you know, it's just sad that we're seeing this. And, you know, we, we've with some of our guests we've had on here, you can see that – your career can change in an instant. In a flash, in, yeah. In an um, um, oh you my can, gosh! You can sustain any injury, and and it changes everything. Yeah. Um, Who did we interview? Um, New we talked to Return, return uh, Man. We talked to Rick Upchurch. Before that, um, the Giants returner. Uh, Daryl. No, the the return guy, the kick returner. Oh, Ron Dixon. Ron Dixon. My gosh, I couldn't remember his name. I apologize, Ron. Sorry. Um, you know his his career ended in a flash because really. Of him hurting uh, his PCL. I mean, he was—he was a good return. He was fast guy too. So, uh, yeah, and I mean, so you look at that, and again, anything can happen with these guys. And then again, it comes right back to us talking about preseason. You look at preseason; this stuff matters. The games matter. The positions matter. I've honestly agreed with some of the things that some of the players have said in regards to preseason. I think that they should shorten preseason. I think they should. You know. from a fan's point, yeah, I'm ready for regular season to start, you know, man. Well, but I mean, I look at it from the perspective of these players. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, they play; they already play 16 games. Well, that and plus you, playoffs if and, you make it. And know. then, not to mention when the league tried to, you know, there was a point where they tried to vote for uh, 18, 18 yeah. games season, and the players are like, "Are you kidding me?" You know, I mean, people say, "Oh, well, they're getting paid to, you know, play yeah. a game." Well, you you get. You get those pads on, run out there with some of these guys full yeah. tilt, and and see how they're putting their neck on the line day, every week. See every how much week, that toll that takes on you. Absolutely. So, before we get onto our draft recap, now we're gonna hit briefly on Zeke. Briefly, okay. Ted, I just want to preface this with one thing and one thing only. Go, Zeke. You know, get a dough. I, I actually, I think that for me is more towards Roger Goodell because now we're finding Roger more. Gets one too. Now we find out that there's more evidence about Tiffany Thompson setting this up, coaching her friend. You know, Zeke's father is bringing this stuff out, so no, bringing Roger, this to light. So. Roger, your inconsistencies, I've doed you before, but you get a double. Go. Because Roger. Go. Has time and again. Yeah. Goodell has shown that he doesn't know what he's doing when it comes to rules. <laughs> he's shown time and again such inconsistency. And honestly, I don't understand why the, the owners in the NFL have not tried to vote him out of his position yet or, or not gotten the support they needed to get him out of that position. I don't understand how he's kept his position as long as he has right. with the inconsistencies that he's shown, not just in terms of rules for off-the-field issues, but on-the-field rules. He's voted for. He's tried to pass rules for the league that even even the owners don't like. Right. You know, and with Roger Goodell, I think I think he went. He didn't know for sure. And to me, I think yes. That, that we talked about last week. It was pretty much well. She's got bruises on her. You can't prove you didn't do it, but we can't prove you did do it. So to me, instead of just giving him the six-game suspension, it was to me 
we're at a stalemate. Until there's more evidence, we're not going to do anything further. Now, as far as this goes, again, I want to say that this is – I want to stress this. This is not the first issue with, 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 with Zeke. Season. Not with, just with Zeke. With, with the team. Cowboys, yeah. With the Cowboys. Time and time <laughs> this offseason, we've seen the Cowboys players get into trouble. Uh, you know, half their defense is suspended yeah. for games for stupid, stupid things. And Zeke, he's unfortunately, he's, I don't want to say unfortunately, but he's a superstar. Yeah. He is. He, he's coming off a, a season, a rookie season, where he led the league in rushing. Yes. Okay. He was a part of one of the most high-powered offenses in the league. Yep. He, he led the offense in touchdowns, from what I remember, if I'm not mistaken, Ted. He's a big part of that offense, and he's a big part of the success the Dallas Cowboys had last year. Well, and I, I said it last year. He should have won the Offensive Rookie of the Year award instead of Dak Prescott. But um, that didn't happen. But, you know, what they can do, what the league can do, because they do have hard evidence, is where he revealed the woman's breast during the St. Patrick's Day parade. They could do that. I think he does deserve to be punished for that. Um, I think, you know, the yeah. bar incident needs to be investigated, too. He has incidents where he needs to be, you know, either looked into or you know, dealt a punishment. The, the but. thing is, this suspension is not just a message to Zeke. It's a, it's a message to the entire yes. Cowboys yes. organization. It's a message to the rest of the league that even if you're a superstar, if you're in a situation where you have embarrassed the league like this, right. if you're even under suspicion of this, you're you're in, in trouble. Right. Yeah, um, and I completely agree with it. I think, honestly, you know, that aside, it's six games kind of hard. Six games. If he didn't do it, that's a little harsh. Obviously, but he should yeah. be—he should be suspended. He is in a position where he should be suspended for uh, a, deep, a a little bit of time. I—I I would have said four games. Um, I don't think he should be suspended for the domestic violence thing when they can't prove it. I think that's. But I mean, is. with his other off-the-field issues, yes. I think he should have been suspended the, for four games. The other stuff, I think he should be in trouble for. But at the same time, you know, we've got to sit here and. We can say that. Roger Goodell says that, you know, it's just for the domestic violence. He's not dealing with the yeah. other stuff, which I think he should. But to me, I'm going to go with the, the, the what is it, hashtag free Zeke or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or hashtag, not hashtag, hashtag free Zeke. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with that as far as the domestic violence charges go, but he's not crystal clean either. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, I, I think Zeke. Uh, I, I think, uh, well, Andrew Andrew agrees with me, but I, I do think that with all the off-the-field issues that Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott has had, with all the uh, controversy surrounding the Dallas Cowboys this year, um, yeah, there there needed to be some action. I think four games would have been better. Um, I could agree with four games. And he's, and he's in an appealing process anyway. Yeah. Uh, it's likely he will get the suspension reduced, I think. Uh, I would hope so. But, again, they could uh, – It's gonna, I think it's going to get a little messy. but It'll get messy before it gets better. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. And before we move on to our draft recaps, we want to remind everybody, please, like and share this video. Like and share our Facebook page. Like us and follow us on all social media, Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, Instagram, we're everywhere, guys. Get on there, follow will, us, listen to us. If you don't us. follow me, I will run up in your pad. I know where yeah, we're a with lot the of you guys are at. Get with the threats, guys. I will come for you. Anyways, we're going to move on now to draft recaps. Here we go. And we're going to start with Big D, Seattle Seahawks, baby. The C- no, there's no bias here, Big D. I know you're a little sore about what you happened with you and the Seahawks oh, a couple years, but. No bias here. Now, I know it. I know it. First pick up, Malik McDowell, defensive tackle out of Michigan State, round two, pick three. He's a big boy, Ted. 
A lot of labels were swirling around this prospect, such as lazy, explosive, first-rounder, dominant, <laughs> raw. Uh, the labels have been all over the place, but if there's any question on work ethic it will, or skill, it will be answered by Pete Carroll. Um, Carroll has been producing great NFL talent and getting the most out of a player for years now, and that will be no different with Mr. McDowell. Um, although we may have to wait a while to find out, um, in case you guys haven't heard, McDowell was involved in an ATV accident earlier this offseason and is more than likely going to miss the entire 2017 season, at least most of it. He has multiple injuries, and the Seahawks look to give him plenty of time to heal. They even allowed him to fly back home uh, to Michigan to heal, if that's any indicator as to how long um, it'll be till he comes to play. So we wish him the best, too. Guys, uh, let's just get into what he's, what he's accomplished already. What, what are we working with here, Big D? We're working with a lot here. This guy came in 6'6", 299 pounds, so he's a big boy. 300 pounds? He had 88 tackles, 24 and a half were for a loss. Uh-huh. He had seven and a half sacks. He had an interception for a touchdown, two forced fumbles. Dead. It's not bad. So it's, it, it's not bad. It's, you know, he, he's, he's, got some, he's got some talent. I, I think McDowell is a little bit raw. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a, he's a he's a raw talent, mm-hmm. but I definitely think so. You're gonna out of all the labels, you like the raw the raw label on him. I, I think he's raw, but I think the talent is there. I think yeah. I think he fits really well into that smash mouth defense that the Seahawks like to run. Okay, I like it. I like to pick up myself too. I do too. I, I really like to pick up. Next pick, center out of LSU, round two, pick twenty six. The Seattle Seahawks, if they do have a one true weakness, it's depth on their roster. Um, and their O-line is lacking, trust me. Uh, really, it's more of them getting hurt. And when one of your top priorities is keeping Russell Wilson upright and uninjured, that's not a good weakness to have. Not to mention them trading uh, their starting center, Max Unger, um, in a deal to get Jimmy Graham a couple of years ago. That didn't help uh, the situation at all. But Posick has great versatility, uh, being that he's played every position on the offensive line. Fantastic. And that just bodes well for the Seahawks and Posick. Uh, what that means is uh, the Seahawks can plug and play him anywhere they need to on the O-line, and guess what? That brings more value. Uh, Posick has more value to the team. That means they're probably going to keep him a little more. The Seahawks have a reliable and viable backup to fill in, and Posick can be put at any position. Uh, reports indicate that the first unofficial depth chart has Posick at right tackle and as a backup. We will have to see how he performs during this uh, preseason. See, this is why this stuff matters, guys. And if it will, it will be enough to earn him a starting role. Let me tell you something, Ted. Tell me it. He's six seven, three hundred nine pounds. Mm-hmm. He's a big boy. He's going to get some big bucks pretty He's soon. Gonna big He's bucks. going to get some big bucks. And I'll tell you why, Ted. Why? Because his versatility. Oh yeah. He has played. Not only has he played every line, <clears throat> he excelled at all of them. Yeah. So you know what else I think we don't talk about too. Is especially since he's a center, that's like the leader, the general of yeah. the offensive line, right? I mean, that's key. You got so, all the all the cadences. Everything. Yeah. So if, since he knows every position, he can help anybody that's struggling. Yeah. He can help be the leader of that yeah. offensive line. I like that. This is a great pickup for the Seahawks. Next guy, Shaquille Griffin, defensive back out of UCF, round three, pick twenty-six. The Seahawks defense, aka the Legion of Boom. Has some great starting cornerbacks in Richard Sherman and Jeremy Lane. But behind them, it's a bit lacking. So they add a quarterback that's six foot and runs a 4 3 8 40 yard dash. That'll definitely help the, uh, their depth is- issue. Don't you think so, Big D? Yeah, um, it couldn't hurt. 
uh, not only does Griffin come in uh, as a potential uh, backup, but he could win the nickel spot. And he has Jeremy Lane and Richard Sherman as mentors. Uh, I like this pick, and if it will it will be one to watch again. Preseason is coming around. Pay attention, guys. This could be another household name you'll be talking about. What I like about this guy is he's he's not a tiny corner. He's six foot. He's six foot. Weighs 194 pounds. Nice. But this guy, he's got some hustle, Ted. He's got 113 tackles. Three for a loss. Six interceptions, and he's got two defensive touchdowns, Ted. Mm -hmm. You got to like that. 27 pass deflections, though, is where it's at. Mm -hmm. This is a very disruptive corner, (laughs) and he's going to be learning from some very disruptive cornerbacks. So, do you think this is a good match? I think it's going to be a match made in heaven for him. If he if he listens very closely to the corners on that defense, he's going to be – You know, and, and the thing, too, that they don't talk about, too, when these rookies come in is they need to be a sponge. They need to be soaking soak in everything, in. you know. Soaking in. Yeah. Learn. Next guy, Delano Hill, safety out of the University of Michigan. Round three, pick 31. <clears throat> Excuse me again, guys. I apologize for my cold. We're not allowed to die. We're live. <sighs> we are live. This pick wasn't my favorite. And no, guys, it is not because I'm a Buckeye fan. There is no bias here. Promise you that. At least for me. I can't promise for Big D. He shows it every once in a while. (laughs) So I understand the importance of having uh, good quality depth, but they didn't do that here. Hill is projected to go in rounds five through six, and there were other guys on the board who were projected higher and had better stats and more potential than Hill. Prospects like Rashawn Jenkins that went to the Chargers, or you know, a guy like Desmond King, right? Um, they were still there and would have been a good selections at this point. They, they were the round three to four guys. Um, I really think this was a, the cocky mindset uh, that's in Seattle, and that they just got cute with this pick because of what they've they've, they've done well picking guys in later rounds, and they thought, well, this guy's projected later. This, uh, you know, we'll get this guy in the third round here. We know, we know what we're yeah. doing. I mean, he's 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 got he's got good build. He's six six one, two hundred sixteen pounds. Got one hundred seventeen tackles. But oh, I question this pick a lot. Uh, he's only got three interceptions playing at safety. He's only got five pass breakups, which is not good. <laughs> I mean, you know, you expect a safety to be a lot more active in the passing game than yeah. that, especially with the throws that tend to come over the middle of the field, particularly slant routes and the like. Right. I, you know, I really question this pick a lot because mm-hmm. if you look at this guy, he's not – he just doesn't set the world on fire for me. Well, so you're, you're agreeing with me. This, yeah, you I think this pick could, could bite them? I think, I think uh, this pick could bite them. And honestly, there were a couple, there, there's a couple of head scratches in this mm-hmm. one for me. Uh, but this was definitely one of them. I, I think it's my top that, one. That's I, I honestly, I, I understand going after some defense, getting some depth on your on on your defense. So, so you I would have gone offensive line again. <coughs> I, you know, honestly, I think I would too. Um, but so let's see. You and I liked the first three picks. This was yeah. you know, up to that point. We were like, man, this, they're having a great draft. They were okay. Moving on, Nazaire Jones, defensive tackle. Out of the University of North Carolina. He's a Tar Heel, guys. Round three, pick 38. All right. Is a big man. Standing at 6'5", 300, a little over 300 pounds. Um, But that wasn't always so. In his junior year of high school, he suffered from complex regional pain syndrome, which is is a disease that made him unable to walk and caused him to lose 50 pounds in one month. Wow. Yeah. He was able to return and play as a senior, though, um, 
most schools got off his recruiting trail. Uh, while redshirting his first year, he was able to add on 40 pounds of weight, which put him at 295 pounds. Like the quarterback position, the interior line of the, um, the Seahawks defense has been lacking in depth as well. At very minimum, he's a guy you can have come in on rotation and plug up the middle with his size. And I, you know, and, and who doesn't like a Cinderella story? This is a pick that I really like, not just because of the backstory on this guy, right. but Nazir Jones, six five, three hundred four pounds. Mm-hmm. This guy's got a lot of heart. Yeah. Uh, not just from recovering from that, but if you look at his stats, 146 tackles. He's got 22 for a loss. He had five sacks. He's got two interceptions playing defensive tackle. He's got 10 pass deflections playing defensive tackle. And he's got three fumble recoveries, three forced fumbles. This is a guy with tremendous hustle. He's got a lot of motor on him. Mm. He's a very active defender. I've got to like that. Very Seattle Seahawks-type defender. He's very active. And you got to like that. Yeah. So, I mean – Great backstory. I sense a very hungry player. Yeah. I think he's wanting some. I think he's wanting some. So, moving on. Amara Darbo, wide receiver out of the University of Michigan, round three, pick 42. In case no one noticed, this is the fourth pick in the third round for the Seahawks. Hopefully with the selections they've made, it will help them. You know, these draft selections will make a difference for them. And they, they got a real thing going on, Ted. They like blue. Yeah, they do. They, they love players. I think, no, well, I used to say they like players out of Michigan because this is their third Michigan yeah, player. they love them Michigan players. So, anyways, again, depth on Seattle's roster keeps coming up, and it's no different with their wide receivers. They have Doug Baldwin. And after that, that's Tyler Lockett, who does possess the ability to be a playmaker, but he, he can catch the ball sometimes. Yeah, he just can't stay healthy, and it, and it, and it makes him inconsistent. Um, then there's Jermaine Curse. He seemed at one point to be the next stud at wide receiver for, for the Seahawks. Um, but him playing inconsistently has held him back, and he keeps going down on the roster. Um, uh, oh, and there's Paul Richardson. He can't seem to stay healthy either. So enter the Seahawks' fourth third-round selection. Darbo has a good size of 62-214. Um, also, almost 33, pretty long arms. Combine that with a 4.4540 yard dash. And that should get Russell Wilson and the coaching staff excited. And, of course, the 12th man with the Seahawks fans, right? Yeah. They should be excited, too. You know, I really do think he's going to be able to compete for a second, you know, number two gig for the wide receiver. I really do. Yeah. Go ahead. He's uh, 6'2", 214 pounds. Yep. He's a big, big boy. Yep. He had 2,062 yards receiving, averaged 13.7 yards per catch, and he had 14 touchdowns. So he can produce. He can produce. He can he can produce it. This is the kind of guy you want yeah. the quarterback going to. He's a big guy. Yeah. We talked about it before. Those big receivers, they usually have quite the advantage. A lot of these corners we've well, seen no. drafted too. <coughs> you know, short. another thing is um and they now you've got so now you look at their 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 offense and now you've got Doug Baldwin for Russell to throw to. Now you throw in um Darbo, who's six two, thirty three inch arms. That's that's good. Yeah, you know, two guys um, and then you've got Jimmy Graham, who's also a good red zone threat, yeah. just like Darbo would be. Um, I like I like this pickup. I think it's a good match for him, and I think um, I think Russell Wilson is going to get excited for this pick just because um, his size. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I haven't I haven't actually seen him play in the preseason, but mm-hmm. I did see him play when he was in college, and he's yeah. he's pretty impressive. He's, he's not bad. Very, he's pretty athletic. I'll keep it unbiased. He's not bad. Ted, I didn't know you played in Colorado. 
Tedrick Thompson. Tedrick. Yeah, Tedrick Thompson. <laughs> You're going to start calling me Tedrick? Tedrick. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. So, anyways, Tedrick Thompson, free safety, Colorado, round four, pick four. We talked about it already, but the Seattle Seahawks need depth, guys. Yep. Yep. And this yep. time they picked safety. They didn't reach when selecting one. I like the selection, good instinct, and good ball production. Uh, and last season, the Legion of Boom took a little step back, uh, snagging only 11 interceptions total. Um, and getting uh, getting a safety that has good ball production, which we'll, you'll talk about in a minute, um, and good instincts should help the Legion of Boom uh, with that ball production. Um, and, and that's something they're going to be looking for with this guy. I like this, this safety better than um, – Oh crap! We just talked about him. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Hill, Delano Hill. So I, I do like Thompson better than Hill, and I think this was a this was a better pick for him. Kendrick was a good pickup. Uh, safety, Colorado, six foot, two hundred one pounds. Here's the thing, though, Ted. Go for it. Two hundred fifteen tackles, seven for loss. He had thirteen interceptions, twenty six pass deflections, and he had a forced fumble. This is a very productive safety. Uh, I feel like. I feel like with the stats like his, he could have gone earlier. And yeah. honestly, I wouldn't have even picked up that first safety. I think, I I think, think Delano Hill was <coughs> passed on. I think he, they had this guy still on the board at this yeah. point. They oh, yeah. Definitely just – this was the right pick. Well, you know, I think he was a around three to four pick um, projection, right? Yeah. So I think, you know, they got a good value with him at, at the beginning of the fourth round. On top of that, I agree with you earlier about the Delano Hill uh, pick. If they would have – pick offensive line again, or, you know, heck, even just another depth position at cornerback or, you know, even another safety. We just talked about, you know, a couple other safeties. And, and you know, I honestly, I I get somewhat why they might have thought, oh, Delano Hill is appealing. I mean, they'd already drafted Michigan player. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, I I mean, I get it. You want to get players together that have chemistry. Well, no, Delano Hill was the first Michigan player on the board. So they were going to go ahead and draft more. Right. I get you want to try to build a core with with guys mm-hmm. that know each other and the like, but this was a much smarter pick. Though. I like I like it better. Yeah, I do too. Moving on, guys. Next pick. Um, okay, so before we get some laughs here, <laughs> the next pick is Mike Tyson. No, not the boxer. Safety out of Cincinnati. Round six, pick three. Tyson learned to embrace his name, and no, not just because of the former heavyweight champion. His grandfather, his father had that name, and guess what? He named his son the same. Another defensive back selection, Big D. Uh, it's interesting to see what Carroll is prioritizing in this draft, but this pick does make sense. Tyson is more of a run-support style safety or a guy used at the line of scrimmage to get into the backfield. Pete Carroll's number one philosophy is to stop the run game, and Carroll likes the cover three scheme and to use a DB to rush the quarterback slash running back. Right? Uh, with Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas getting older, Durability will start to become a concern, and they will need to make uh, need some good, reliable relief guys to help in. So, enters Mike Tyson. Tyson, what's his tackles? Come on, man. Heavy, he's a heavyweight. Yeah. All right. Six two, two hundred pounds, one hundred thirty-seven tackles, seven and a half for a loss, seven interceptions, eleven pass deflections. He's got a fumble recovery. Uh, I like this pick. Mm. I like this pick. Again, I like it more than the Lionel Hill. Yeah, and Again. it's a round six pick. Again, uh, you know, I still think. That that's this is one of my only qualms with this. This is going to bother me this whole time. Yeah. All these picks that came later were just so good. Well, and then you look at so in uh, we talked about this earlier today, and this pick right here is a scheme pick fit. Yeah, yeah. Right or scheme fit pick, excuse me. So 
they looked at this guy, said he could fit in our defensive scheme. We need him or we want him, right? So that's what they did. And I'm interested to see how this guy does too. I, I, this could, this could be a fun pick, yeah. especially in round six. There's nothing to lose here, really. Yeah, Speaking of round six, guys, another, pick. another pick yes, in round they did. six. And I actually like this pick. You do? Yeah. Justin Sr., offensive tackle, Mississippi State, round six, pick 26. The Seahawks have added a couple guys in free agency to help out with their offensive line problems, but they still have a need there. And I am a little surprised they waited until the sixth round to address the offensive line issue again. Talked about it with the Delano Hill. That's where I would have went. But depth is always a good thing to have. But when you guys being grabbed out of the sixth round, it's hard to see uh, if he will even make the team, let alone be a contributor. Um, having a big body helped him get drafted. He's 6'5", 331 pounds. Uh, he's at least a guy you can use to help plug up holes in the offensive line. Big D, give us some more stats on this guy. He's a big boy, Ted. Um, he's a mauler. That's, yeah. that's his style of play. He likes to maul people on mm-hmm. the offensive line. He's, he's, good at, uh, he's good at crackbacking people. Crackback. Pancaking them. Pancaking people yeah. straight on their backs. Uh, this is a must pick yeah. for, for, the, uh, for the Seahawks. They needed this pick. They needed an aggressive offensive <laughs> He's they so big, you need, to, you need to say his size this guy, again. This guy, needs a, this guy needs his own zip code. 6'5", 331 pounds. That's a big boy. Let, let me tell you something. You better get the biscuits and gravy. <laughs> this boy's here to double dip. Yeah, he's, he's ready right. for some – he's, he's hungry. hungry. <laughs> he is hungry. So, next guy. He might be seeing some big bucks in the future. Hey, you you got to keep that boy rolling the biscuits. That, I tell you, he's that, a big boy. That's true. Uh, next guy. David Moore, wide receiver out of East Central Oklahoma. Where? East Central Oklahoma. Yeah, small school. Round seven, pick eight. As of right now, the way Moore will help contribute to this wideout core is by playing on special teams and relieving the duties of Lockett uh, and, uh, and others, of course, that have had their return kicks in the past. Um, this will help those guys from getting injured. Um, and and it, with him being 6'1", and running a 4.42 40-yard dash, he will have the opportunity to make an impact on special teams. And who knows, maybe the Seahawks try to work him into different plays and try to utilize that speed he has there. Speaking of that, Ted, speaking of that, first off, he's 6'2", 225 pounds. And last season, he had a rushing touchdown. (laughs) He had 878 receiving yards. He had 10 receiving touchdowns. And he had 421 kick return yards. He set school records in 2015 for receiving with 1,079 yards receiving. And he set a single season record the same year for touchdown 13. So uh, he got 13 touchdowns at 10, and he just came up short from having 1,000 yards in back-to-back seasons. If anything, they got an all-purpose player that's pretty consistent. And, again, in um, round seven, it's a small school guy. But, again, some of these small school guys paying out. You know, um, and they start up coming on the special teams and doing great. So we could definitely if see anything. This guy might be one of the uh, most dangerous play picks they have. I think Ted. It very well could, could be. be very dangerous. Next guy, Christopher Carson, running back out of Oklahoma State, round seven, pick thirty-one. You didn't ask me where there. You knew. You knew where that school I knew, was. I knew where that was, Ted. I'm very familiar with Oklahoma State. Yeah, I'm stealing my mascot. <laughs> no bias, Big D. Hold that. Hold that back. If this guy, I do too. If this guy can make it past the practice squad, this could be an interesting pick. Seahawks fans may have some flashbacks of Marshawn Lynch when this guy runs. He's a physical back and that doesn't mind lowering his shoulder to pop a guy 
but for Seahawks fans to see him run, uh, he will have to be beat Eddie Lacy, Thomas Rawls, and CJ Procise, um, which won't be easy. Uh, so this for now is just a practice squad or depth pick, right? So ah, not so fast, Ted. He's 5'11", 218 pounds. He had 1,076 yards rushing. He averaged a whopping 5.1 yards per carry in an offense that predominantly threw the ball. He had 13 rushing touchdowns. He also had 298 receiving yards for one receiving touchdown. But here's the real thing, Ted. Here's where it gets interesting. He also averaged 9.9 yards per catch. So this is a guy that can catch out of the backfield. And something that something that Russell Wilson's been clamoring for over there in Seattle is a guy that he can throw to out of the backfield. Then. Yeah, that would be that'd be great for him. And again, like I said, right now, I mean, Eddie Lacy's good. Um, Thomas Rawls is good, and C.J. Procise. You know, he's going to have a little bit of time to be the starting guy. But again, if he develops, he could develop into a great player. preseason. Right now, guys, here it is. This yeah. is his opportunity to show what he's made of. Right? Yeah, yeah. Just have to wait and see what happens. Seattle Seahawks draft grade is coming up. Overall, this wasn't a bad draft class. Um, they had 11 picks. Four alone were used uh, for safeties, defensive backs, excuse me. Um, the Seahawks had, in my opinion, some questionable picks, but only time will tell if they pan out. And on none of, um, nonetheless, um, the Seahawks will be super, in Super Bowl contention too, right? Um, and should be, you know, in Super Bowl contention or contenders at least. Um, well, their division, the way it is. Uh, in years to come, especially with some of their picks that they've made in this draft. They've, they've built for the future. They did. They did. So I, li- I like this draft. I give them a um, – I think it's solid. I give them a B minus. Ted, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to disagree with you, Ted. What's that? I'm going to give them a B plus. You like this draft. I like this draft. A lot. I think uh, the only thing that I didn't understand was why you went with three safeties. I think the two safeties they got in the later rounds were yep. the, were the uh, better better value. Mm-hmm. Um, the one, the two question marks I had was the wide receiver. I know he's a good all-purpose player, but there were other wide receivers still on board earlier in the draft even that, that could have been major contributors. Which one are you thought. talking about? Uh, the uh, central. central. Okay, East Central. Okay. Yeah. Um, could David Moore be a great player? He he very well could be, but I think instead of spending that earlier pick on on a safety, I mean they knew that wide receiver and offensive line were major needs coming into mm-hmm. the draft. I feel like Darbo was definitely not enough early in the round. He was a good pickup. He was a good pickup, but not, not enough. enough. Not early enough, and not as early as it was in the rounds. With so many good receivers still on board, uh, yeah. they could have snagged any one of them, and, and it would have been a, an A. <clears throat> you know, I, I think I think you're right. I think. I think the biggest one for me is the Delano Hill one. Yeah. I think that's the biggest setback with with them reaching that that part right there. That's one check mark uh, or one strike I see on that yeah. is them reaching. He was a five to six round guy, um, and they got him in the third. That's that's reaching quite a bit. They, yeah, they they, they so, reached quite a bit on that. I feel. So um, with them doing that, that's a big no no. And then on top of that, you okay, you grab a safety, but then yet yeah, you're grabbing two more safeties down the line. So then what you should have done back with that third-round pick with Hill is, like you said, offensive line or wide receiver. Yep. That was going to be my other point. Yep. Um, or you could even want cornerback for another depth pick, for yep. that, you know, yep. there instead of safety. But, again, they uh, to me, they whiff pretty bad on this. It's a third-round pick. It's not like it's seventh round. We're just going to try something, you know what I mean? 
This is a pick that can't could potentially become a starter. Yeah, I, don't, and, I don't I don't know what uh, what they saw in Delano Hill, but I wish him the best. I yeah I, yeah. There's nothing to get. Yeah yeah. You know, no one knocking on him personally, but um, in you got to go. He, he he shouldn't have been drafted at that at that stage. Right. You got to go with what's the best value for the Seattle Seahawks, and Hill was not the best value at that point. So I I I get what you're saying, and that's why I give him a B minus. I mean that seems pretty harsh for just. <clears throat> we need to say one pick gave him that low, quote unquote, low of a grade, but at the same time, that pick check marked or slash, got a couple slash marks on it because yeah. of that one pick. Um, yeah, I mean, so listen, guys, we just talked about the CLC. I've talked about the NFL Buzz. We're going to bring up our commercial break here. Um, got to take commercial. Got to give the advertisements out for you for you guys to listen to. Oh, a good buddy, Awesome Austin, has joined us. Good morning, Awesome Austin. Um, so listen guys we're going to come back after commercial we'll talk to you in a bit attention business owners website owners event promoters or anyone looking to promote your product the totally driven entertainment radio network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world that's right you can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap it's a no brainer for more information contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com to keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detectives' quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from Holmes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza, $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember... $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our store is voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. 
part of the movie Unbreakable filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stories page on Facebook. So, guys, we're back. We now have the Minnesota Vikings to talk about. Uh, we told David Hunter to call at 11.40 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. He has not called in yet, so therefore we're just going to keep the show rolling, guys. David, come on. So, I messaged him. So, hopefully he'll respond back Unacceptable, here. David. Minnesota Vikings. First pick, Dalvin Cook, running back out of Florida State, round two, pick nine. Hmm. The Vikings and Adrian Peterson part of ways this offseason, and the Vikings tried – to help smooth that bump out uh, in signing Latavius Murray. But what the Vikings were not expecting uh, was to have Dalvin Cook fall in their lap in the second round. Though Cook has had injury concerns and off-the-field issues in the past, uh, he has impressed his teammates and coaches and is a first-round talent. Uh, if the Viking staff can keep him healthy and keep him focused on football, then they got one heck of a pick. You want to give us a step on them, Big D? Yes, I do. 5'11", 110 pounds, Dalvin Cook is a beast. 4,464 yards rushing, averaging six and a half yards per carry, Ted. He had 46 touchdowns. Yeah. He also had 935 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns. This guy is a workhorse. He is he is a monster when it comes mm-hmm. to running the ball. I love this pick. It's a great pick. I've got shade. I'm having Adrian Peterson flashbacks right now. Uh, whoa, 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 Big D. He just got there. Hold on. Uh-huh. Hold on with Adrian Peterson stuff. Next pick, Pat Elfine, Ohio State University, round three, pick six. Pat is a guy that can play center and at the guard position, and that versatility will help him bring more value to the team. Not to take away from Pat, though, uh, he can earn a starting role at the center position for the Vikings, um, and they will look to protect their shiny new running back who they drafted uh, the round before. Um, And, of course, they're going to want to protect injury-prone Sam Bradford, right? Um, this is another <laughs> this is another one of those picks that aren't the prettiest, but it's a smart move and should help bring consistency to this offense. Not to mention a lot of experts had him arguably as the best center in the draft. Uh and going into the second um or into the into the third. You know what I mean? In the third round. That's, that's a good so, pick. Not so fast, Ed. You don't like this pick? Not so fast. I don't just like this pick. I love this pick. 6'3", <laughs> 303 pounds? Yeah. And you're trying to bring back your running game? Yeah. Trying to protect Sam Bradford? Yeah. Come on, baby. Yes, Sammy yes. is over there right now just <clears throat> getting on. He should be on his knees thanking the general manager and coaching staff for saying, we really like you, Sam. We're going to keep you alive. We're not going to let are they gonna, pesky defensive uh, players think, from the Lions and Packers you think he pointed at, you. You think he pointed at the Viking staff and said, you the real MVP? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If he did, and you know, you know what? Elfline, Elfline's due for. Uh, he's gonna be one of the big boys to get one of them. Big part paycheck. I, you know, I, I suspect so. Next pick, Jaleel Johnson, defensive tackle out of Iowa, mm. round four, pick two. I like this pick. I love this pick. The Vikings signed Sheriff Floyd to a nice new deal, and this pick is a cheap insurance policy on one of their many stars on their defense. This defense doesn't have many holes, but with injuries plaguing this, plaguing this defense. Uh, the Vikings knew that they needed some depth uh, to help plug up the interior of their defensive line. Uh, for now, 
Jaleel will more than likely be a rotational guy, but he may make, he may make his face in the future. Are you kidding me, Ted? 6'3", 316 pounds? Yeah. 113 total tackles, 18 and a half TFLs, but this is the big one, Ted. Sure. 12 and a half sacks. Okay. Fumble recovery. Three pass deflections. The only reason why I say he's a rotational guy, he's not going to be out he's beat the job gonna, for Sheriff sure Floyd. Gonna, he's, he's not going to steal that starting job. That's what I'm but saying, this, rotation. This right here, this is a solid pick. It's a very solid pick. I love it. Pick. I like his pick. And you know what? Gear up. Gear up because I like some of these picks in this draft. You might see the resurgence of some purple people even. Maybe. Never know. Next pick, Ben Gideon, inside linebacker out of the University of Michigan, round four, pick 14. We mentioned it earlier, injuries plagued this defense, and he, um, the Vikings need some depth on on that linebacking yes, uh, core. Do. Yes, they do. Uh, this prospect may start on, on special teams, but he's a solid linebacker. Big D, look at his stats. Let me tell you something, 164 tackles. 20 and a half for a loss, six and a half sacks playing an inside linebacker at two pass deflections. What I what really stands out to me is not just the total tackles, it's yep. the sacks, Ted. He's yep. playing inside linebacker. Yep. That's a hard spot to play on the field yes. to get sacks at. Mm. You gotta get you gotta jump through them big offensive linemen and them big boys in front that are trying to get the quarterback. He had six and a half sacks and twenty plus tackles for t- for loss, Ted. Pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um oh. And guess what, guys? We've said it before. We're going to say it again. You can never have too many pass rushers. Never. I think we've said that before, Big D, and we're not going to stop saying that. Never have too many guys. And in a division like theirs. Yes, and the North. quarterbacks yes. that they've got, this guy is going to be keeping some quarterbacks up. Yeah, and again, it's going to be a guy that's going to be on special teams and in preseason right now, trying to make a starting spot. You have to this, wait and this see. This guy has the potential to be one of them guys that keeps you up at night. Absolutely. <laughs> he has the potential. Next guy, Rodney Adams, wide receiver out of USF, round five, pick 27. Last year, the Vikings drafted Laquan Treadwell in the first round, and that has not panned out yet, though they do have Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, uh, who did well for the Vikings last season. Both of them did. Uh, Beyond that, the Vikings have a series of troublemakers or are not making their mark on the Vikings, and the Vikings need some stability at that position. What Adams brings to this Vikings Offense is speed. He ran a 4.44 40-yard dash. And the Vikings will look to use him to stretch the field to help Diggs to be able to get open, get those catches that he needs to get, and not be locked down. Listen here, Diggs. You don't need to worry about getting open. <laughs> you need to worry about losing your job. All right. <laughs> Rodney Adams has, is, comes in at 6'1", 190 pounds, but he had 1,976 receiving yards, averaged 14.5 yards per catch, had 16 receiving touchdowns. But this guy's a dual threat, Ted. He had mm-hmm. almost 400 yards rushing, averaged 9.4 yards per carry when mm-hmm. running the ball, and he had seven rushing touchdowns, Ted. Seven rushing touchdowns. It's not bad. This this guy right here, man, if, if there was ever an all-purpose player, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, plus when your offense is and ranked. And it's round five, Ted. <laughs> I mean, when, when your offense is ranked. Oh, hold on. We lost it. I don't know when we lost that broadcast. Oof. I don't know even know how we lost that broadcast. But anyways, guys. Moving on for the broadcast. Um, but when your offense is ranked 28th in the NFL, you're going to want to get weapons, you know? Let's move that a little bit, see if we can get that going here. I don't know why we lost the broadcast. We're the only ones on the Internet, man. So, anyways, moving on. Danny, Iciorda. 
Isidora. Isidora. Isidora, yeah. like that better. He's an OG out of Miami. Round five, pick 37. Um, the Vikings had arguably one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL last season. Though Danny is not going to be, have the starting gig right away, he will add much-needed depth and competition. Give him the stats, Big D. 6'4", 305 pounds. Ted, this guy is has got it. He's got the he's got the size. He's got the strength. He's a pretty strong guy. Um, this is this was a must pickup for the Vikings. They desperately needed some help on that offensive line. If this guy doesn't earn a starting job, mm-hmm. he's definitely going to be rotational because the Vikings struggled over the last not just last season but the last couple of seasons to keep their offensive line healthy. And as we've said it before. There's a reason that we pay the big boys the big bucks to mm-hmm. protect our quarterbacks. Uh, and Sam Bradford certainly could use all the protection he can get. He's going to be facing some pretty stiff pass rushes. So he needs a guy like this in front of him. I like this pick. It sounds like it. It really does. So now, next guy. I like this one. This is my favorite pick for these guys. Bucky Hodges, <laughs> tight end, round six, pick 17. Okay, let's start off with this. This tight end is 6'6", 257 pounds, and he ran a 4.57. Can you say athlete? Um, this is arguably their best value pick in this draft class. Uh, being pre- he's projected to go in rounds two to three, and being one of the best red zone threats in college football last season, again, the Vikings offense ranked 28th in the league, and Hodges may not be starting over Kyle Rudolph, but he will have a chance – to make an impact in the red zone, and this opens up the offense to a nice two tight end uh, formation. And you know what else it does, Ted? What's that? Let me tell you what it does. Here's something you might not know about Bucky. Bucky played fullback, too. Oh, yeah? You know what? He had 1,747 receiving yards at tight end, averaged 13.1 yards per catch, had 20 touchdowns, but he also averaged 4.2 yards per carry in rushing and scored one touchdown rushing the ball. So Bucky is a multi-purpose threat. He's 6'6", 257 pounds, Ted. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. He's a huge target. He's going to be hard to miss. Is he going to be getting some big bucks? I think he's going to be getting some big bucks. I think uh, I think I'd hate to be one of them linebackers trying to get in there past him at 257 pounds. Big D, we got to go on the next pick. Next guy, round seven, pick it. 219 overall, Stacy Coley, wide receiver out of Miami, Ted. 6'1", 195 pounds. Yeah. Comes in with 2,218 receiving yards, averaged 13.4 yards a catch, had 20 touchdowns uh, through the air, also had 125 rushing yards, and averaged 15.6 yards per rush. Uh, that was he, he ran the ball eight times for all those yards. It's not uh, bad. One rushing touchdown. Played a little wildcat formation, Ted. A little bit of wildcat there in Miami. While we're talking about Mr. Cole, the Vikings select another wide receiver that can stretch the field and are hoping uh, can bring some, that he can bring some competition uh, to this wide, wide receiver core. Cole may make it into a rotational slot, but that's about it. He, need, he will need to impress on special teams, and when he is given the chance, he will need to make an impact on the offense as well as to earn a good starting role. Um, I, I like the pick. Again, it's round seven, pick one. You're you're looking at a guy that, you know, you don't have a whole lot to lose, so it's a good pick. I like it. They need as many playmakers as they get. Next guy, 
Ifadi Oda Oden Abo. Excuse me. This guy right here is a defensive lineman at a Northwestern round seven pick two for a uh, seventh round draft pick. <coughs> Ifadi has good production and will look to be a solid backup. He will be a Zimmer project, but with what a seven what seven round uh, selection isn't a good uh, you know just a project anyway. Uh, but with his production, there is some more upside. He will need to work on uh, technique and his spin move. But he produced uh, he produced as a um, excuse me produced a quarterback pressure rate uh, higher than Ohio State's Sam Hubbard, Michigan's Taco Charlton, who was drafted in the first round of this draft, and um, higher than Penn State's Garrett Sickles, uh, who was uh, on the Colts as an unrestricted uh, undrafted free agent. Um, he was projected to go in rounds five and six, and they got him round seven. So that's a good value selection as well. What is it uh, we always say with these picks, Big D, low risk, high reward? Uh, he's, uh, he comes in at 6'3", 258 pounds, had 61 total tackles. 26 and a half of them were for losses, Ted. But here's what's really going really gonna to cook your noodles. 23 and a half sacks. Wow. Okay. He had one pass deflection, two fumble recoveries, and he forced five fumbles. This boy can lay some hits on you. You get hit by, you get hit by this young man, you feel it. Absolutely, you do. Uh, this is a great pickup. Uh, you know, low, low risk, seventh round, uh, looking to add a little bit of depth on the defensive line. Smart move by the Vikings. I like this pick a whole lot. So, next pick, guys. Uh, Elijah Lee. Linebacker out of Kansas State, round seven, pick 14, wasn't invited to the NFL Combine, and that could fuel Lee's fire. This is another solid uh, seventh-round selection, good depth pick, and um, and will contribute on uh, special teams. Uh, Lee has good speed and will look to use that to make plays and move up ranks uh, to help bolster this uh, Viking linebacker core. Big D, you got the stats on him? I certainly do. Elijah, big boy, 6'3", 228 pounds, 209 total tackles, 18 and a half for loss, 11 sacks. He had five interceptions, five pass deflections, recovered three fumbles, and he also forced three fumbles. So this is a pretty pretty high production level player at outside linebackers. Um, he, could be, he, he may not start right away, but he's definitely got potential to be a big time playmaker for the Vikings in the future. Absolutely, man. I, I'm oh, telling you. This is a solid pick. So we move on to the next one, Ted. Round seven, pick 245. Yes. Jake Tocho, cornerback out of NC State, coming in at six foot, 202 pounds. This guy amassed a career total of 200, 122 tackles, two for a loss, one sack. He had six interceptions, but he had 26 pass deflections. So this is a very active pass defense corner uh, and in a in a division where you have to play against quarterbacks like Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers and potentially Mitchell Trubisky although not not quite yet Ted not quite yet he hasn't taken he's a not spot there from Glenn yet. yet he hasn't taken a spot from Glennon not yet but suffer no delusions Glennon Glennon is still a threat in the passing game uh, so when it comes past the ball, Glennon is still a major threat. 
Okay. Sorry, guys. Facebook Live has, for some reason, stopped, and we're trying to get it back um, up here. So keep going, Big D. But with, with this pick, the Minnesota Vikings really helped themselves out defensively. They, they've got a solid – They've got a solid pick. Don't let my my, my phone sync with you. That's fine. Ted. Yep, you're good. Go ahead. Um, they've got a solid pick at corner. Uh, who's going to be very disruptive in the passing game? And really, uh, if you look at Minnesota last season, they they kind of struggled when it came to the pass. Ted. Yeah. They 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 didn't do well against against passing against against a lot of high powered passing offenses. They didn't play very well. Uh, they struggled in in their divisional in their divisional matchups, which. To be fair, um, the NFC North, there, there tends to be a lot of close names in the NFC North. These are the teams that yes. know each other very, very well, coaching staffs that know each other very, very well. Uh, so, to be fair, you expect to be in some close games. You expect to be in a few dogfights. But the Minnesota Vikings too often last season found themselves dealing with high-powered offenses who threw on them at will. Uh, this is a pick that's going to help them out. And not only is it going to help them out, this guy does still have the – option uh, to learn behind some veteran players and potentially win himself a starting spot. Yeah, I mean, I <clears throat> excuse me. I like this pick myself. Um, I'm saying here, yes, so here we go. Um, though Jack is listed as a, a cornerback, uh, the Vikings staff um, is looking to switch him to safety, actually. I do believe that is part, uh, do believe part of that is, has something to do with um, his uh, speed being mediocre, um, but he has experience as a press uh, press coverage cornerback, uh, which which helps. Um, he also has deep, uh, decent burst to the ball, and has decent football intelligence and decent instincts. Uh, he he may have to wait to make his mark, but the transition to safety, in my opinion, in my opinion, will only make him that much better. It'll only help him that much more. Yeah, and I think uh, I think the Vikings are attempting to retool their defense this year, and I think as far as the draft went, they succeeded. Yeah. Um, I think – you ready to give them a draft grade, Ted? You ready to give some analysis, give them a draft grade? Yes. USB, Ted. There we – it's still not connecting to it as far as the Wi-Fi there. Sorry, guys. Still trying to get Facebook back on so everybody can see the video if you guys are trying to watch this live. You're just not on there. That's weird. Yeah, that's really weird. Keeps connecting to my internet. Um, Big D, if you want to go ahead and tell them their draft grade, I'm going to be downstairs. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so, guys, we're going with the uh, going with the draft grade for the Minnesota Vikings. Ted gave them an A minus. I'm going to one up Ted. I'm going to give them a solid A. I'm not going to give them an A minus. Um, I think they earned themselves an A. Uh, based on what they did for their defense. Their defense, they had a lot of weaknesses on their defense. We talked about their offense having having some major weaknesses, particularly at wide receiver. Um, you know, if their wide receivers can stay healthy, they've got a solid wide receiving core. It's not going to set the world on fire, but it's going to be an, a receiving core that can get the job done. Their defense was what kept them from winning games in a lot of scenarios last season. They just didn't force enough turnovers. They didn't get to the quarterback enough. Um, and they didn't. They didn't get. A, they didn't generate enough turnovers to stay in a lot of these games that they need to stay in. The pickups that they made have ensured that if these guys perform half as well as they did when they were in college, a lot of these guys they picked up for their defense could be major, major players 
uh, in the future on this defense and could potentially uh, be the boost that the Vikings need to make some headway in their division finally. Um, it is a tough division being in the NFC North. Uh, you've got really high-powered offenses, and it seems like this this year, uh, so far that we've talked, all the teams in the NFC North got a lot better uh, as far as draft went. So you got to like what you're seeing if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan. Uh, your your general manager, your your coaching staff, they definitely looked at what this team needed, and they were very aggressive in pursuing what they needed. So that's why I got to give them an A. Got to give them a solid. You gave them an A. Um, I'm going to say this, and again, I apologize, guys. Um, another team with another uh, very solid draft class. <clears throat> um, here we go. Um, the Vikings had issues that needed addressed, and they did just that. And they had 11 picks to do it, um, to, 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 you know, address those issues. Uh, with the Vikings not having a first-round pick and being able to draft Dalvin Cook, who was a first-round talent, and they got him in the second, uh, you know it had to make the Vikings franchise as a whole. It had to make them happy, Big D. I mean, you, we were pretty happy about it. And we're not even Vikings fans. You know, that was a good, solid pickup. Um, next. The Vikings were able to get much-needed depth on both sides of the ball and add some more competition to keep their players honest. Uh, we've talked about it before, guys. You've got to keep your players honest. You've got to keep them, um, you know, keep the competition going to, to make sure they're honest. Um, it's, it's, it's crucial for, for your team. I mean, it doesn't seem like it, but it is. Another big thing for me when evaluating a team's draft class is if the team reach on a player – and from what I can see, they did not reach. They drafted smart. They yeah. they were very intelligent by the way um, they've made their selections. I'm, and I figured it was me to say it, but they did very well in their draft class this year. Figuratively. So you're trying not to show your bias, but you're still showing it. <laughs> uh, well, you know, the, you got to give credit where credit is due. Very true. And I said it before, and I'll say it again. The, the, the staff with Minnesota – was brilliant with their drafting. They they did not you said it already, but they didn't reach on anybody. They got, in my opinion, the best guys at those positions at the spots they were at. Um, and you just love it when that happens. Absolutely. So it's like it's like they it's like Hannibal uh, in uh, in the A team. You got to love it when a plan comes together. Right. I again completely agree with you there. And again, we want to apologize to all the Facebook viewers. Uh, we're back on Facebook now, and again, apologies, technical difficulties. I hate it when it happens. It drives me insane. Um, so talking about the Minnesota Vikings uh, draft, draft uh, uh, synopsis, um, my favorite pick for this team uh, is – I can't decide. It's either between the Dalvin Cook pick or the Bucky Hodges pick. Um, Not I, so fast, Ted. Uh-oh. Not so Who's fast. your favorite, Big D? Let me tell you what. I'm going to tell you right now, my favorite pick – in this whole draft class for the Vikings has got to be, and it and it is without a beyond a shadow of a doubt, it's Danny Isadora. That is a big guy who's yeah. going to fill a fill a key <laughs> position on that offensive line. There, if there's one thing that happened too often last season for the Minnesota Vikings, it was Sam Bradford on his back. Yeah, very true. And these big bodies, Danny Isadora, and their first pick at center or the second pick, I should say, at center, Pat, Pat Elfline, both addressed that particular concern. And yeah. that was, we have got to check Sam Bradford. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, this is, this, I said it once when we were off Facebook Live, but I'm going to say it again for those of you who didn't hear. 
Uh, if you're a Vikings fan, you've got to be very excited. Your front oh, office looked at what this team needed, and they pulled no punches. They didn't reach on anybody. They played it smart, and they got a lot of the needs they had fulfilled. Uh, so it was a successful draft for them. Yeah, I they're going to be a much better. I didn't, they're a much better team. I didn't get to hear Big D. What, I gave uh, him a solid A, Ted. I gave him an A. You gave the Vikings an A. I gave the Vikings an A minus. That's pretty. You're really slicing real thin there. To, I am. To, 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 I, I was close yeah, to giving him an A plus, and you know what? Yeah. I would have given him an A plus, except for one thing, Ted. But what didn't you like? Except for one thing, Ted. I could have given him an A. But I think they should have gone with some more defense, Ted. You think so? I think they should have gone a corner one more. Well, one more corner. I think, the only thing I held against them. They got beat a lot through the air last year. Well, I think for me, um, they had plenty of late-round picks. I would have liked to have seen them trade trade you know those away to get a little more picks, maybe even for next year. Um, I think that's crucial. I, you know, Again, I know they traded out of the first round, but to me, having a first round, they got a first round talent, but getting a first round guy, to me, would have been um, would have been crucial. Yeah, it, I think I would have they'd have had a first round pick and would have you know had a good pick with that one too. And that's what it gave would have gave me an A plus. Yeah. In all honesty, um, I think we're going to go to our fantasy segment of this part of the show. No, Ted, we'll, no, no, not yet. We've got I've got fun facts for you, Ted. You've got fun facts. I've for got me? fun. I've got some trivia for you. Uh oh, Ted. Who started the most games for the Seahawks? I'll give you a hint. It ain't it ain't Matt Hasselbeck. It's before him, yeah. way before him, and I can't. It starts with an L, last name. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and give it to me, Big it's D. It's Steve Largent. Guys, yes, he Largent. started 197 games. That is a lot of games. A lot to of start. games. Not bad. Next one, Ted, and I know that you'll know the answer to this. Go All right. It. Who holds the record for most passing yards against the Seahawks boom squad, Ted? Big Ben. That's right. Big D. It's Big Ben. It's Big Ben. 456 yards, unfortunately, for Big Ben and Steelers. They came out on the losing end in that game. I, I remember that game. That was, in, I think, to the 2015 season. And, yeah, uh, it was. I, you know, I was actually pretty happy with that game overall, except for the fact that uh, Richard Sherman got away with a lot of penalties. A lot of penalties. Right, Ted, come on, Ted. I know. It's all fair and loving. I, yeah, well, we still played pretty good. It, it hurts your feelings. What year, though, Ted, did the Minnesota Vikings win their very first division title? What year? Yeah. Oh, God. Um, it's way back there. It's way it's back. Way back. It's back. In the 60s, I'm guessing? Yeah, in the 60s. Uh, 65. 68. That's close. close. You were close. <laughs> All right, Ted, this one really hurts me. It hits me really close to home. It hits sure. me right in the feeling. What is the longest winning streak the Vikings have against division, top rivals, division rivals, <laughs> the Green Bay Packers? Got to, yeah, I was going to say, if it's hurting you, it's the Green Bay it Packers. It feelings a lot. So This was a dark time for me, <laughs> You don't like that. You don't, don't like, like that fun time. I don't like this time. Is that it? No. Did you, did you venture a guess? So how many games? Oh, how many games? Yeah. How many, um, how many games was in the winning streak? Nine. Yep. Nine games. That's a lot of losses, Ted. That, that's, 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 that's a couple that's seasons. Some, that's some seasons there, Ted. And it was consistently like yeah, nine straight, games straight through. Nine in a row. Man. Nine games. Did you have to win. Did you happen to look up at who they might have uh, lost the most games to, oh, to a division rival? I did not. That would have been interesting That would have been an interesting thing to see, though. Yeah. Who did the Vikings lose to in the postseason in 2015, which, by the way, was the last time the Vikings made the postseason. For those of you who don't know, the Vikings have actually made the postseason in the last couple of years. So ask me the question again. So who did the Vikings lose to in their last postseason 
appearance, in, which was in 2015. Oh, the last team they lost to had been yeah. the, 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 game, the game where Mr. Walsh missed the kick. Walsh, against, come on. Against the Seattle Seahawks. And I you guys were at home. Yeah, that was, that was a brutal cold game, and that was a fun game to watch. Not, it was a 10-9 score for those that of you who didn't watch it, and it intense. was a hard-hitting game. Yeah, it was intense. Uh, for this, you know, that was one of my favorite games of that entire year. It was a good game. It was heartbreaking to watch. Watch. I was I was really pulling for the Vikings. You know, I the thing is, I think I I show my bias with the Vikings because I like touchdown Teddy. I really do. So, sorry, but I was I was rooting for the Vikings. You know, oddly enough, I actually at that time was rooting for the Vikings. Ted, even though they're a divisional rival, you know, I just I wanted to see somebody new win. Yeah, that's true too. It's always nice to see a fresh team. I kind of looked at them as the underdog in that matchup. Yeah. All right, Ted, you want to proceed to the fantasy? <clears throat> fantasy football, baby. So, it, I mean, I love fantasy football. You love it. I love it. I, I mean, I love it. <laughs> Guess what, guys? I've got people coming up to me asking me fantasy football questions. Surprise, surprise. So, I'm going to tell you what they're thinking. I've got a guy uh, at work. Actually, Big D. Oh, man. Yeah, I've got a guy at work. Is he an expert? He is not a fantasy expert. He he actually has a hard time. Oh. Um, and the poor guy, he's... He he was told yes. Okay. So, anyways, and he's he's having a problem because the guy at work is um, it's it the league does a two player keeper league, mm-hmm. and he's got one player picked out to keep. Right. Uh, it's Aaron Rodgers. That ain't bad. But then he's got guys like uh, well, we definitely keep him. He's got guys like uh, Doug Martin, uh, um, yeah. Kevin Coleman. He's a backup. Um, he does have Alshon Jeffrey, but for some reason his league rules are a little wanky, uh, a little different, um, and he may not be able to keep Alshon Jeffrey, even though he's on his team, because he got him through a trade. So he wasn't originally on his team, so he can't keep him, which doesn't make any sense to me. So Alshon Jeffrey probably is probably out, so it would be Brandon Marshall, which, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, he's got a – I'm sensing a question. He sends in a question. I'm sensing a question coming on. Is he is he seeking our advice on who he should pick? Yes. He he asked me, and I, I went through his list with him. I told him what I would do mm-hmm. is tell him, Alshon Jeffrey's on my team. I'm keeping Alshon Jeffrey. That's my player. I traded for him, so give me Alshon Jeffrey. But, of course, if the commissioner doesn't comply or agree with what he's saying, then I said, you know, um, Tevin Coleman, when he was healthy, was a top ten fantasy yeah. running back. So. Yeah. Tevin Coleman would be a solid pickup, even though you can get him late. I don't like that, but what can you do when you've got a team with suspensions, injuries, and he's also old, you know? Um, So I gave him a little bit of advice on what to do. Um, I've told him a couple guys to look look out for later, too, to help him out. Because he's wanting to to win that championship. So we're going to talk sleepers and whatnot. No, we've talked about sleepers before. (laughs) What I want to talk about is Guys, you just because a person is a superstar doesn't mean they're a fantasy superstar. Oh, okay. We're playing that game. Yeah. All right. So we'll play that game. obviously, you guys have like you have Aaron Rodgers, right? Um, and a lot of people, either a Packers fan or a quarterback fan in fantasy football, however your draft strategy is. Because Tom Brady's. Because uh, um, people nice. people draft differently. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, you've got different guys on there. 
Um, but Aaron Rodgers seems to be like almost the number one consensus top quarterback for fantasy. And it's because he can run with the ball too. He can make plays with his feet. Um, and he's, and he's arguably the best passer in the league other than Tom Brady. Right. So, huh? <laughs> so you're in danger of wearing a cheese helmet. Today. I know I'm not, I'm not in danger you're of any of that. In but, um, you can talk about a guy. Let's go to quarterbacks. Let's stick with quarterbacks. Uh, Let's do it. A guy that is, you know, a, a, when I say superstar, it's going to be a household name. A lot of people are going to know who that guy is. Um, you're going to talk about guys like, um, obviously, Tom Brady. He's a superstar. He's a good fantasy star, too. That awesome Austin just gave us some breaking news. He gave you breaking news. He gave me some breaking news. It looks like the Buffalo Bills are entertaining the idea of trading Tyrod Taylor and LaShawn McCoy right now. Oh, boy. Um, Apparently, uh, the Bills are expected to listen to trade offers for Shade, expected to listen to trade offers for Shady McCoy and Tyrod Taylor, if not make some themselves, getting 2017, uh, getting wins is not their priority, according to, <laughs> according to Evan Silva. Of, so, um, yeah. <laughs> wow. That's, uh. That's that's something to uh, be looking at. And by the way, if uh, the Bills were to cut ties with LaShawn McCoy, that's a $9 million cap hit, Ted. Well, you know, that's a $9 million cap hit, but that's also the best superstar they have on their team yeah. on the offense now. Um, and Tyrod and Taylor. And Tyrod Taylor, though. Man. Um, that's, you know, I understood the Sammy Watkins trade, although a lot of Bills players uh, – The Bills have been very aggressive this offseason. Well, and Bills fans didn't agree with the Sammy Watkins trade. Um, I agreed with it. I was okay. I was actually. You know, I was okay with it, but at the same time, now you're going to get rid of Sean McCoy. Now you're going to potentially get rid of um, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, that's not that's not sitting well with me. I don't know if they're just wanting to do one big overhaul for their team, um, but right before our season starting, I don't think that's the time to do it. I definitely don't like the idea of floating rumors about your quarterback being potentially traded. Yeah, I don't I don't like that. What's that do I you know, my question is what that does to the Bills morale as a team going forward. I well mean, yeah if, if those if those rumors continue to circulate through into the regular season, yeah. Uh, I, I wonder what performances we'll get out of well, that and think about the think about the what that puts in the players' heads though the the employees' heads. You know, if these top guys can be could, Yeah, if these guys are on the chopping block you know yeah, quote unquote. Um, what does that mean for me? That means nobody's safe on that team. Which you know what? It's funny that you bring that up because, honestly, and I'm really glad we got to get to talk about this. But I, I'm of two minds on this. Go ahead. I think this might potentially this could potentially this has potential to backfire, but it also has the potential to set a fire under some players. Maybe to say, um, well, you know, if Tyrod Taylor and and Lashawn McCoy could be traded, I could be traded somewhere I don't want to go, I'm going to step up, I'm going to perform, I'm going to prove my worth, or even get traded somewhere where you can make them big boy dollars. Well, uh, my thing is, is with you saying that, even if, but it could be, because even if they say, oh, if I perform well, I'll stay. Well, Sean McCoy had a heck of a year last year and performed, and, he, and he's on the trade block, are you kidding me? Well, that's crazy know, right it, there. To me, it's, it, it is crazy, and it, it suggests to me that one of two things: either the bills are, either the bills are trying to send one wild message to their team, <laughs> or, 
or they are, or they have decided they're blowing it up. Yeah, and they are going to just take take L's all year and and just tank. How how weird tank for Sam Darnold? That's exactly what I was going to say. How weird would it be if that's exactly what they're doing? Is getting a bunch of draft picks and losing, obviously, you know, yeah. something on purpose. And, then, and the Jets fans are already talking about tanking for Sam Darnold. Yeah. So now we have a battle between two AFC East teams. Who's going to have the worst record? Well, here's the thing, Ted. If it comes down to it and we see a 0-0 zero to zero game with the Jets and the Bills, mm-hmm. we're going to know right off the bat both teams are tanking for Sam Darnold. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, I spent some butt fumbles and some throwing the ball away. And... The butt fumble's not there anymore. That's okay. They can still do it. <laughs> Somebody else will do it. Uh. All right, moving into the quarterback set. Let's get to it. About, oh, I just boy. want to bring in that oh, God. I'd like to stay on the cutting edge. Again, guys, the NFL never ceases to amaze us. I mean, in all seriousness, it's the, very interesting. What it also comes down to is it's a business. Something else, since we're talking about fantasy, I was talking to Awesome Austin last weekend, right? Yeah. Talking to him. And um, told him, you know, I'm at – Pick 14 out of a 16-person league. So I'm a little ways down there, right? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> um, he said, well, what happens if this player falls to you or this player? You know, because it could – It could happen. The way some of these play, uh, these uh, team owners draft is uh, a little odd, right? right? Some people go for wideouts. Some, some people go for running backs. Well, some people go for, you know, like – like we talked about, you know, um, I'm a, Aaron Rodgers I'm a, at the top. I'm a I'm a I'm a Cowboys fan, so I want Dak Prescott or yeah. Dak Bryant. So they you know, they have the number one pick, so that's what they do, which is not fantasy smart, right? So anyways, and anything, there's always a player that drops pretty far down. There's oh, yeah. always that one guy, um, and he asked me what about LaShawn McCoy, and I told him, I don't know why, but I'm not. The Sean McCoy does not sit well with me this season. This was last weekend. And now. So I have no thing. knowledge yeah, of that. stuff going, going on. on now. Yeah, and now they're thinking about trading them. And now no, maybe I was right. <laughs> I like you might, might not want to do that. I mean, it's just, it's just kind of funny how Ted, things pan we, out. You mentioned this, and this is something I definitely want to sure. get into. Sure. You mentioned this. There's always those guys that people go for at the end of the draft. But Ted, mm-hmm. let's talk about some of these quarterbacks who people aren't thinking about drafting early on, but they, they, they could be guys that fall to you in later rounds. You, you might strike gold with some of them. Well, okay. So let me first say before we talk about that, when you're drafting any player, any player, do not, and I repeat, I'll repeat this, I'll tell you this every time you ask me about fantasy advice, do not have a bias. Don't. Um, when you do that, you're limiting your selection, and that is not a good thing to do. Uh, so you let's look here. So if you're a Bears fan and you say, "Well, I'm not going to draft Ty Montgomery because I don't like the Packers," or uh, you know, or you're a um, Raiders fan, well, I don't like the Broncos or the Chiefs, so I'm not drafting any of those guys. Don't do that. I and then you know, and people say, "Well, why would you do that?" I've seen plenty of guys do it. People do it. People do it all the time. And it's not I mean, it's Don't not pass on Kirk Cousins just because you don't like the Redskins. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, know. you guys, I, I know it sucks to watch a guy, uh, like if you're a Bears fan and you pick draft Aaron Rodgers and you want your team to do good, it sucks to see him perform really well against your team. 400 yards yeah, against your sucks. team, you know. But at the same time, if you're in a money league and you're trying to win money, uh, 
Put your bias down a little bit. You know, Win put that, that money. Down. Get that money. Yeah, get that money. Cash money, baby. So, anyways, <clears throat> so okay. So obviously you got your Ann Rogers. You know, I've seen Drew Brees go around round three or four. Um, if you really wanted to make a case for a quarterback that wasn't in the first round, but you could kind of pick after the first couple of rounds, Drew Brees would be the guy because yeah. the last five years, the Saints' passing offense has been top five in some form of passing category. Yeah. So, in other words, Drew Brees has one stayed healthy. Two, the man can throw, obviously. It's, it's Drew Brees that we're talking about here. Um, I love Drew Brees. Uh, another guy I like um, later on, of course, we're going to talk later on now. Um, again, Derek Carr's later. In my league that I'm in, um, there's Raiders fans. We already know there's going to – Derek Carr's not going to be there by round eight, nine, or ten where he's projected to go. Um, he's probably going to be gone two, three, or four, right, if, if I had to guess. Um, and, again, to me, it's not smart, but, hey, it's not my fantasy team either. I got to, you know, I got to also worry about my team more than others when, I, when it comes down to my draft, okay? Um, on top of that, so we're going to look. A, a guy that I always have to say, and it's not my bias, but is Big Ben Roethlisberger. Every single year. Consistent. He, he's consistent, but when you, you can draft him from around, like, eight through ten. Well, you and, know, and the other thing I noticed, <laughs> yeah, I noticed another thing. Is a guy like Philip Rivers tends to fall too, yeah. because he's not on a he's not on a powerhouse team. You know, he's not on one of them big boy teams. And yet, Philip Rivers consistently is one of the higher rated well, passers. The he thing with all um, well, I mean, I know this year he's got a lot of injuries on his receiving core, so yeah. maybe not. But in the future, well, um, Big Ben for me is, uh, I think part of the reason is at some point in the season he's hurt, and whether it's for one or two or three yeah. games, he's got an injury. And I think that does hold you back. But then you've got to also rely on yourself to be a good um, – have good draft knowledge and be able to draft a solid backup quarterback, a quarterback yep. too, um, and be confident in yourself to be able to go, okay, look, Big Ben is hurt for three weeks. I was able to go ahead and get um, Jameis Winston. Or I was able to go ahead and get Carson Palmer. I'm good for these. And Jameis is a very solid thing. Yeah, that's another guy that's towards the back end. You know who's another guy towards the back end? Let me look at these ranks here. Okay, so right here, Matt Stafford. Um, he's at rank 103. Like Matt Stafford a lot. Um, if you didn't notice last night, he hooked up with Marvin Jones for a nice touchdown. Beautiful touchdown, guys. Um, not only does he have Marvin Jones, they lost down Quan Bolton, but guess what, guys? They filled in a kid, uh, that spot with a kid named Kenny Galladay. Yeah. Remember him? Yeah, I do. And, guys, oh. guys, just so you know, when I reference Philip Rivers, he, he's definitely a guy you can get later. He's ranked <laughs> 132. Yeah. And, and it's a solid pickup. He, he performed very consistently last year. They battled injuries last year at receiver, and somehow, some way, Philip Rivers made it work. Well, um, the only injury they have to worry about right now is Mike Williams. And it seems like it's, like it's back and forth, but yeah. um, they still have Keenan Allen. They still have Tyrell Williams. Um, and they still have Travis Benjamin. So they still have good receivers for him to throw to. And, of course, they have Antonio Gates and Hunter Henry at tight end, and Melvin Gordon at the run position. Um, I think one of the reasons why Phillip Rivers is back a little bit is because um, their head coach, their new head coach, likes to run the ball more than he does to pass. Yeah. So Melvin Gordon's stock obviously is in top ten. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's way up there now. But if you really want to argue a guy that has plenty of weapons, 
and can also scramble oh, or make yeah. play on his legs. Ted, I think I know where you're going with it. Carson Wentz, yep. man. Carson Wentz. That's a great one. Guys, I'm going to tell you right now, there's there's no bias in this at all. I can tell you this. Carson Wentz is, is possibly a fantasy gem, okay? He's got a lot of the, – the Eagles did a lot to give him a lot of weapons, a lot of protection this offseason. If he's still on your board in the later rounds and you need a quarterback – don't be afraid to jump on Carson Wentz because he is going to produce this year. He has got the weapons. If he stays healthy, he's going to be dangerous. You know, with you getting him that late, um, and if it, I would be very okay if he was my quarterback too, but if he's your quarterback one, feel confident. It's feel a good, it's yeah, a, it's a good feel comfortable. It's a good yeah. So, oops, sorry, wrong button there. There we go. Um, let's, again, we're talking about guys to watch out for late. Um, you know, let's – we don't talk about these guys enough in the middle. Um, <clears throat> Matt Ryan won the MVP last year. Yep. His rank, draft rank is 72. That's not a bad spot. Um, if you're looking to get a quarterback somewhat early, Matt Ryan, Marcus Mariota, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, all good guys to go after. And a, and a lot of people will say, well, Cam Newton hasn't played good la- last year, this and that. Um, he looked pretty good with Kelvin Benjamin a couple times uh, during preseason. He always looks good with Greg Olson. You know, look, look for this. Carolina Panthers team to come out on fire. They're gonna, they're gonna. I think Carolina's gonna play a lot better than they played last year. I think year. so too. I, I, don't, um, I don't think they're, you know, gonna set the set the league on fire, but they're gonna play better. Another guy to watch out for that everybody's been raving about, and I wanted to wait until I saw him play pre, a couple preseason games uh, and how he did. Dak Prescott. Um, yeah, he looks pretty good. Listen, he said Des Bryant. He's he was rookie of the year last year. Yeah, offensive rookie of the year. Um, now. Depending on the way that suspension with Ezekiel Elliott shakes out, and depending on depending on uh, how healthy their receiving core can stay, Dak Prescott could be a really really good pick. Yeah, I mean, again, he's ranked 94, so you're looking towards round eight again, um, nine-ish. Um, I tell you what, I like that Jameis Winston pick. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I love the Jameis Winston pick. Um, wide receivers, we're going to talk about this. Um, awesome, Austin, last year. Uh, I don't remember exactly what pick he had. Austin, if you're if you're watching Facebook He's and you want to, yeah. So if you want to go ahead and tell me and remind me what pick you had last year, please go ahead and do so, man. Uh, but anyways, he had a later pick in the first round, and he ended up selecting with his first pick. Can you guess? Oh no. Did he get ODB? No, he did not. No, he ODB went way too early. Did he go for Jordy? No, he did not get Jordy. Oh man, this is tough. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Julio Jones. Julio went way too early too. Oh, we did. So the guy he picked up was, and this is so heartbreaking for him too. He picked up Des Bryant. Oh no! And Des Bryant ended up getting injured too. Oh wow! And it really it really screwed him up because he needed another you know, good wide receiver. You know who I remember picking up then? Who? Mike Evans. And it really worked out for me. Yeah, you drafted him with your first pick. I did. Yeah, and Mike Evans is real good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, you know, again, guys, you can't predict injuries with this, um, and it sucks when this happens. Oh, but, cool. again, take it from uh, Straight Football Talks, awesome Austin. Take it from me. And, Jordan and, Nelson screwed me. Yeah, and, well, and, I mean, think about Austin's an Eagles fan. There's the non-biased fan. Yeah. Eagles fan drafting a, a Cowboys star, you know. The year before, Des Bryant had problems. And the guy that had him on our fantasy league said, "Never again." Austin looked at him last year and said, "You know what? I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'm going to pick him up. He, he's still, he's the number one guy. He's the star there. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna make you know. No, I, I even dipped into the Cowboys receiving core last year with Terrence Williams. Yeah, and it worked out pretty good. He 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 saw it he, too. He did all right. But when you spend your first round pick on a guy who should be a stud, and you're expecting yeah, it, it's, Bryant's got it's, hard, it's heartbreaking, man. Des Bryant's gonna gonna pick it up this year, I think. So <laughs> another guy. Um, I wouldn't say I would stay away from him, but you need to watch the situation. Uh, as for T.Y. Hilton, you need to watch what's going on with Andrew Luck because if you do not. You could really, really hurt yourself if Andrew Luck isn't back. Because I believe uh, if Andrew Luck is still hurt, he's not going to be as, nearly as productive. No, he won't. So uh, another guy I'm going to stay away from, especially with his rank. He's ranked 22, uh, which is very high for him. Brandon Cooks, Brandon Cooks New England uh, Patriots wide receiver. So many weapons on that offense. Exactly, guys. exactly. You know, any, any one of those guys could have breakout games for the Patriots. But, I mean, when you're looking at a guy like Brandon Cooks who did well, uh, before he got to the Patriots. Now he's going to be on offense with guys like Gronkowski, guys like uh, Julian Edelman. He, you know, he's not, going to, he's not going to see the same level of production because he's not going to get targeted as many times. Well, and if you remember right, I mean, I had Brandon Cooks on my fantasy team through <laughs> a trade. Uh, no, it wasn't in our league. It was that big 16-person <laughs> league. Um, but I, I had him on my team last year uh, through a trade. Um, and what happened was is one week Brandon Cooks would do well, and then guess what? One week – Mike Thomas would do well. Yep. Um, well, Brandon Cooks is gone. Gives all Mike Thomas the, the catches. You know, he should be the one uh, re- reaping the benefits, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and now you look at Brandon Cooks, you know, you have to worry about, well, Tom Brady could throw to Julian Edelman. Um, he could throw to Rob Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could throw to, um, um, what's his name, um, Hogan. Chris Hogan, um, there. I mean, there's just there's so many weapons for Tom for Tom Brady, and I just don't. I just don't. As a 22 rank, you'd pick him. You'd be picking him in the second round, and I don't like that at all. I don't trust that at all. Uh, even if he's your wide receiver too, I still don't trust that. Um, you know, so quote, quote unquote experts could bash me for that. You know what I do uh, like. You go ahead. I think I do like. Go ahead. Okay. Sneaky. <laughs> Absolutely. I love this pick. Guys, I have seen a little bit of Kirk Cousins' Terrell Pryor magic, and I got to tell you, that is for real. Yeah. Uh, If you have a – if Terrell Pryor is on your board and you need a wide receiver, don't be afraid to snatch him up because he is probably going to get targeted quite a bit. He he and Kirk Cousins have already demonstrated and have said it throughout the entire camp. They got a lot of chemistry. Yeah, they do. And um, you saw it in their last preseason game. And – with Terrell Pryor. So let's take – let's say you're like pick three yeah. um, out of our 16-person league. And he's, he's ranked 33, I believe, right? Yeah, so he's ranked 33. Um, so what you're going to do when you look at that in our 16-person league – you know what, you can even take your 10, 12-person league, 14-person league, just apply it to yourself and think about this, guys. You're going to pick in the top part of the draft, right, the top three picks. You're probably going to pick a running back – or a Odo Beckham, mm. or a um, Julio Jones or Antonio Brown type of pick, right? You do that. Then you go through, you cycle through, and then, oh, here's my second pick right back around. You're going to be close in those 30s picks, low 30s, high 20s. Um, yes, I trust Terrell Pryor being a better um, fantasy wide receiver more than Demarius Thomas, more than DeAndre Hopkins, more than Amari Cooper even, more than um, obviously Brandon Cooks. So, yes. I like Terrell Pryor a lot. Um, I've actually considered taking him early, 
but I don't think I'm going to do so. I, I think most people are strategy I set for. If he's on my board in the second or third round, uh, I think uh, – well, you know what? Maybe not in second <clears> round. <throat> if he's on my board third round and I'm looking at receivers, he's definitely not He's definitely not escaping. Well, um, you know, for me, where I'm at in my 16-person league, I'm at, I'm at pick 14. So I'm going to have a pick. Wait, 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 pick again. I'll right. be in the low 20s. Right. Um, when you're looking at low 20s, you're looking at, again, Brandon Cooks. Um, T.Y. Hilton's even been there, Doug Baldwin. Um, and what I did was um, even, my first pick. Amari Cooper's on the edge of that. Well, and I picked um, my, with my first pick I, so far, I've been debating on a running back or like a Michael Thomas or something like yeah. that. So how, depending on how I'm going to draft in the first round, is going to decide my second round decision too. Yeah. Yeah. So if I pick running back, if running back falls to me in the first round, and then you've got all these other guys that I, you know, I wanted before gone, don't be surprised if I go Terrell Flower in the second and reach a little bit, right? Because I, he'll I be gone by my, you, by my third round. I really don't think that you get burned on that range. I don't think I don't so. think you do. I don't um, think so. And – just just based on what I've seen from him this offseason, he and Kirk Cousins look very good. You know, and people are going to wonder why I'm taking him over Amari Cooper. People are going to wonder why I'm taking him over DeAndre Hopkins or Demarius Thomas. People are going to wonder why I'm taking him over Alshon Jeffrey. Um, and it's mainly because all those teams. He dropped a Hopkins. What? He dropping Hopkins. No, DeAndre. Anyways, Amari, DeAndre. Um, Demarius and Alshon, all of them have a bunch of weapons on their team. Um, and each and each of their quarterbacks, they, they're going to spread the ball around. They're going to spread the love. Yes, they're going to get their big games. They're always going to have their big games. They're the studs of the team, right? right? Speaking of studs of the team, here's a question somebody asked me. What? How do you feel about Sammy Watkins now that he's in L.A.? I don't like it. I don't like it either. Sammy Watkins, the, he's not even on the first. Yeah, he, oh, yeah, he is. He's right there. He's at 37. Yeah, I really don't like that pick. I don't like that at all. So you stay away from Sammy Watkins. Um, somebody. You hear that? I'm definitely going to stay away from Sammy Watkins. Who asked you this? Oh, I, I got a private message. Oh, did you really? I don't, I don't want to divulge their name, Ben, because I don't want to expose them. <laughs> I will say this. I'm disappointed in you. I'm ashamed of you. You know who you are. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Sammy Watkins I'm staying away from. Um you look at Tyreek Hill. I like Tyreek Hill. Um, at pick 39, that's a good pick. Um, Jarvis Landry at pick 40, that's not a bad pickup. I mean, you know, you could even, depending on what league you're in, you could that could be your third pick, roughly. Like Keenan Allen pick, even. I don't. He's too injury prone. I don't like Keenan like Allen. Allen. No, not for not for fantasy. Um, but you know, I like E Money. E Money got a lot of receptions last year. Yeah, um, consistent. And especially consistent. in a PPR league, you got to watch out for uh, reception, guys. You really got to watch for receptions. Um, fun fact here for Larry Fitzgerald: uh, last few seasons, he has had over 100 receptions each season. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's that's, that's again that's PPR. Good. That's good. Yeah. What are you looking at, Big D? I see I see your eyes rolling around. You know, my eyes. Are looking at Corey Davis. Really? Yeah. All the way down to eighty-two. All the way down at eighty-two, Ted. Um, I like his athleticism. I know that his offense has weapons, but you know what? Something just something about that pick just glitters to me, Ted. Um, if I'm going to pick right around that area, it's either going to be Calvin Benjamin or 
I'm going to wait another round and go with Cameron Meredith. I can see the Cameron Meredith pick. I like, I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. I like lot. that pick a lot. And, you know, despite the fact <laughs> that he is a little bit lower, I mean, if, if he's available to you at that time, mm-hmm. uh, Cameron Meredith is consistent. He, he's going to get you points. I like that pick, too. I agree. Guys, we're going to move on to running backs here. Ooh. Ooh, I love running backs. Yeah, and the thing is with me is get your running backs early, guys, because if you don't, you're going to miss out, and it could burn you. Oh, um, those running backs up there, Ted. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at some good Le'Veon guys. Le'Veon Bell is up there at number two, Ted. Of course he is. Number two. Of course he is. Come on now. Don't be, don't be, don't be giving me that crap. No, number game. two, Ted. And Why there's Tom McCoy is at seven. And guess what, guys? With the, especially now with the I news. I expect that's going to drop. I don't want that. I don't want that mess. But you know what? Here's a player to keep your eye on. Now I know, Ted. This this is kind of expected, but definitely keep your eye on Jay Ajay. <laughs> you know, um, I went back and forth on JHI because, like, okay, so, <clears throat> again, guys, I apologize for my cold. With Dave, like last year with David Johnson, he only played like half a season, and he played really well. Yeah, he did. Um, or the year before, so it was two years ago, he played really well uh, half a season. So then last year when we were looking at for fantasy, almost everybody was saying, do you take the gamble and draft David Johnson? Um, knowing that he's only played half a season. Um, it's kind of the same thing for Jay Ajayi. I can see that perspective. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. And, you know, with David Johnson, if you didn't draft him, well, you missed out because he was the number one running back, you know. Um, with Jay Ajayi, uh, I know he's already been through concussion protocol this preseason. That's scary. That is kind of scary. But um, you know what, Ted, if he stays healthy, the Dolphins are going to lean on him quite a bit. They're, they're going to want to use him. I agree. I just um, – I don't know. It's, it, I, yeah, I, I go back and forth on it. I, I like J.J. I, I think he's very talented and has the, uh, the potential to be a great fantasy running back for you. I just – Chad, since you gotta we talked, worry about that. since we last talked, I've noticed that Ezekiel Elliott has dropped a little bit on the list. Uh, he was there at that position last was week. He? Yes, it looks he was. like he – I think he I think he did drop a rank. But in any case, Ted, we talked about free Zeke. How do you feel about picking up Ezekiel Elliott, knowing that he might be suspended for the first four weeks, possibly even six games? Do you still pick him up even as a number two back, Ted, or do you stay away? Well, you of course you pick him up as a number two back. But um, the question is, is um, well, one, who did you draft in the first round? Two, is for a rounding back one, do you want to gamble getting Ezekiel Elliott and him possibly facing a six-game suspension? Um, because if you do so, you, you need to think about this later on in the draft. What you need to do is either you get your, the handcuff, and what a handcuff is um, is the, 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 the backup uh, to that position. So it would be uh, Run DMC or Alfred Morris, whoever they say, hey, this is the next man up, right? So if it's Run DMC, you need to keep that in the back of your head throughout the draft and say, hey, I'm going to need a handcuff. Run DMC to Ezekiel until you know off the plug in DMC until Zeke gets back. Or you need to draft a running back, another number one running back uh, later on in this draft, like a starting running back. Yeah. Um, you know you, you're going to have to do your research on that, and it's going to be it's going to be tricky, but you could pay off big. And another thing that I didn't mention with Ezekiel is he could not be suspended. He could. He so could not be suspended. You could, you you could get, win huge. Yeah, you could win some sweepstakes there with that pick right there. And, you know, a lot of people are going to avoid picking him up now because of the suspension rumor. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if Ezekiel Elliott were 
to not get suspended, and you picked up Ezekiel Elliott because everybody else stayed away. Yeah. Keep in mind, guys, he was next in line to be off, off, offensive rookie of the year, and he led the league in rushing last year. So, so and, and you look at it, and uh, rank 18 over out of all players. So he's rank 18. You look at Zeke, and you go, well, that's my second-round pick. So what if you drafted um, like Antonio Brown or Odell Beckham or Julio Jones, and then you go, okay, I need a running back, and Ezekiel Elliott's there in the second. You grab Zeke, and he's not suspended. Oh, my God, yeah. your team looks phenomenal yeah, already. Yeah, your team looks great right off the bat. I mean, <laughs> even if he is suspended, you've got to wait six weeks or seven, seven weeks technically because of their bye week. week yeah. Right, and depending on if his suspension gets reduced, you're right, Big D, but at the same time, you're also holding on to that superstar for later because when he comes out of the suspension, yeah. he's going to be a fresh running set of legs, and he's going to come wanting to play. So it could still benefit you, but if you're going to draft him and he's still suspended, you need to do some research on it. That's all I'm going to say about Zeke now. Jed, with fantasy. Move, moving forward, uh, yeah, who ahead. do you like right now? Who do you like right, Where? right now? Where? Who do you like in the later rounds for running back? Later? Right? Like how later? Like late? Yeah, like let's say third, fourth round. You need running back. Oh, that, that ain't late. That ain't late. It's still late. Most no. people grab him in the first. No, that's late. When we talk late, we're talking late. All right, you want to go later than that? We're, we need to talk. If you want to talk late, we need to go like round eight. All right, but, let's go round eight. Then. But I would tell you, um, this guy's a little high. Um, but the running back that I like is Bilal Powell um, because it seems to me that the Jets are somewhat moving on away from Matt Forte. Um, it seems like they want Powell to be the number one guy now. Um, so I like Bilal Powell, but he's at rank 45. Um, that's a little high for me because you don't know. Matt Forte is going to cut in there, so I, I don't like that at all. But if we're going to talk actual real late, true late, we're going to be talking back here, dude. Oh, yeah. So. I do like what I'm seeing. On round page, six, LeGarrette Blount. Oh, yeah, Definitely. Absolutely. I, I, I'll i take that all time. A- a- absolutely. If LeGarrette Blount is still there. Round six, seven, eight, later. yeah. It's it's definitely a pickup you need to make. Um, as far as a guy that, you know, you uh, – you want to – okay, we've talked about this guy before. He's not even on this list yet. He's back here. Uh, he actually might be back one more page. Nope, there he is. Giovanni Bernard, rank 155. He's always on the passing. He, they like to get him in the passing yeah. place because of yeah. his catching ability and his speed. It's another good pickup for them. Um, or it's, it'd be another good pickup for, for a fantasy owner late, real late, actually. Um, and if you can't start him at running back, or you already got two good running backs, get him what? put him in your flex. Yeah, get get him in the flex, guys. Absolutely. Um, you know, any of the the whoa, Ooh, hey there. I mean, run DMC uh, in in regards to the expense, <laughs> suspension. Going back to it, he might yeah. not even be a bad pickup. Run DMC can yeah. can can perform at a pretty high level. If he gets and I going. think his rank is still staying the same, only because. The we don't. We, that the, yeah, with the, the uncertainty suspension. of the suspension. Yeah. So, but then you look at some of the Patriots running backs. If you want to take the oh. the gamble on what Patriots running back is hot that week, whether it's Deion Lewis or White or um, uh, Burkhead, you know, you take that gamble. Um, I won't. But again, the, it could very well pay off. You know. 
one guy to keep your eye on, Ted, just because he's uh, in multiple facets of the of the of the team. DeAndre Washington of the Oakland Raiders plays special teams, plays running back. He's been known to wide out as receiver occasionally. It's a guy that you might be able to pick up later on in the in the rounds if you need a if you need a guy that can get you some points. DeAndre Washington not you a know, good pickup. You know, we talked about handcuffs earlier, and um, Lamar Miller. Um, he's been known to have gotten injured and whatnot. Um, one guy I would look out for um, as a hand potential handcuff for him, obviously, would be Deontay Foreman. Um, yeah. Foreman played well last night. Uh, could definitely benefit you in the fantasy game um, if Lamar Miller wants to go down. And you're looking at rank 174. Yeah. So it, that wouldn't be a bad pickup no, later. Um, going to wide receivers, my favorite uh, super for a super late pick for wide receiver is Kenny Galladay. Um, the Detroit love Lions it. rookie that we Absolutely just talked about. He's a really big guy. Matt Stafford is going to love him in the red zone. Uh, again, it's going to be around – he's around 6'5", six, 6'6"-ish. Six, six, I think he's going to be a human Yeah, guy, yeah I, I just – it's a match made for him. It's going to be like him having Megatron again. Yeah, yeah. I think Matt Stafford's going to love it. Oh, man, I think we might see, you know, depending on the chemistry they generate, could, could see some more consistency. Yeah, That'd I mean – uh, but again, you could also argue too that the fact that I mean, I'm gonna hate they've got against it, but. they've got um, Marvin Jones and they've got Golden Tate still. Yes, they've got other weapons for Matt Stafford to throw to. But that's a big target. But it is a very big target. It's very enticing, and when you can get them way late, yeah, that's that's also an upside too. You could probably arguably wait till the last uh, round yeah, of your draft and still get them. And still get them absolutely. You so take this call, Ted. We've got a phone call here, guys. Let's see, let's go to it. Hi, this is Teddy the Bear Taylor Straight Football Talk. Alongside of me here is Dallas Big D. How are we doing today? I'm all right. This is Magic Mike. What's up, guys? Magic Mike. Magic Mike calling in. What's up, man? What's going on, man? What, what's up, man? I'm a little agitated about my Buffalo Bills. What the hell are they doing? <laughs> I was wondering if we were going to get a call about that. Mike, I think you're... I think your management staff is doing one of two things. They're either trying to put the fear into their players or they just have decided they're tanking for some damn Darnold action. Something. Some rebuilding. <laughs> you guys are stockpiling uh, draft picks I, like nuclear holocaust over there. I agree with you on that. I think they're tanking too. Uh, you know, and then Jerome, uh, I mean, and then uh, Ma- uh, Matthews goes down and uh, it, it's a, uh, in practice. It's just a terrible uh, situation right now. But I will be at the first game when they play the Jets, so hopefully Buffalo will circle the way. Oh, yeah. You know, I like I uh, like I t- uh, told the viewers and listeners last week, Magic Mike, um, I was okay, – unlike most Bills fans, um, and I hope I don't offend you, I, I guess, but I was okay with the Sammy Watkins trade only because – um, last year, the contract, they didn't want to pick up the fifth-year op- option. It did, they didn't seem like they wanted to pay him big money because of his injury concerns and uh, injury, him being injury-prone. So they wanted to get something out of him. So I was okay with that part of it. But now you're thinking about trading LaShawn McCoy. You're thinking about trading Tyrod Taylor, and it's like, okay, what's going on now? You know, I don't think I can get hop on that train. Uh, I agree. You know, I, in the first, number one, uh, you're not offending me. Uh, I'm glad I didn't get a Sammy Watkins jersey. Uh, you know, so that saves me money. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, you know, but but no, it's no offense to me. I figured that they would do that. Uh, thank God they're not like the New York Mets. They're just trading for nothing. At least they're getting back right, yeah. picks 
They're getting back players. Um, I heard a rumor that they might be interested in trading um, with Pittsburgh um, because of Big Ben's going to retire next year and they're going to need a quarterback. Oh, wow. Um, you mean they would trade for – Pittsburgh would trade for Tyrod Taylor? Yeah, that's a rumor right now. I mean, uh, you know, me me personally, me personally, if I'm, if I'm the Buffalo Bills, I would keep Tyrod for a little bit. Yeah, I, you know, I like Tyrod myself. I love – you know, I, I love Tyrod. I think he's a great – I mean, I think he's a good, but I think he's good. And I think if the Buffalo Bills – you know, the Buffalo Bills, we talked about this guy. They they stacked the deck. Uh, you know, they stacked the whole, um, you know, they took away all his weapons. And uh, that, that's what gets me upset when I hear that. You know, and, uh, you know, I mean, Sammy was one of his good weapons, and they took him away. So let me ask you something. Do you think Sammy Watkins is going to be healthy this year? Uh, you know, honestly, I, I'm I'm not – I don't think he will be. I, I have a feeling he – well, let me say this. I'm split on that because uh, part of me could see him being healthy and, you know, say, ha-ha, Bills, you know, the Rams got a good deal and all this. But at the same time, uh, the realist in me is telling me, you know, there is a great chance Sammy Watkins is going to get hurt. Dad. Yeah. He's got Jared Goff throwing to him. Come on. Come on. <laughs> it doesn't even matter. Yeah, he's got, he he's got a quarterback. He's not he actually has a quarterback. He's, not, he's yeah. not gonna he's not gonna generate the numbers he could generate if Tyrod was throwing to him. Let me put it that way. Gotcha. Um listen, Magic Mike. You know, the uh, you were talking about stacking the deck for Tyrod Taylor for the Bills and then taking away the the pieces in the rumor of um, him going to Pittsburgh. I, obviously, I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. That that trade um, is interesting um, because of Big Ben saying, you know, a he's been considering re- retirement, right? But if he would, so let's say Big Ben's re- retires after this offseason, we get Tyrod Taylor. Um, you talk about having weapons around you. That's about as stacked as you get, besides like the New England Patriots, right? I mean, you've got a pretty high off offense over there in Pittsburgh with Le'Veon Bell, yeah. Davis Bryant, and yeah, Antonio Brown. I mean, well, I, Tyrod I gotta, wouldn't have any. I gotta, tell, Go I gotta tell you guys, I appreciate uh, you know me being on your show. I love your show. You know, just keep up the good work. You know, we got another football show. We have, we have. You're gonna be like the third football show we have. We have two others. Well, we have a, two other sports shows, and then you guys. And you guys talk realistic, great football. Yeah. I love listening to you guys on Sundays. You guys are really are, are really cool. Awesome. Thank you, Magic Mike. Mike. Um, listen, we got another phone call here, and I'm I'm going to bet it's our interview with Mr. Curtis Thomas. Yeah. So we're going to let go. you go here, Magic Mike. I'll see you guys soon. Yeah, see you, Magic. Talk to you soon. All right, bye-bye. <clears throat> All right. Excuse me. This is Straight Football Talk. I am Teddy the Tate. Alongside of me here is Dallas Big D Duclo. Is this Curtis Thomas? Yes, sir. This is he. Right. How, we, how we doing, Mr. Thomas? Hey, man, I'm doing well. Thank you all for having me on the show. Hey, not a problem, man. We're, we're glad to have you on here and talk football with you. Um, and here, obviously, your experiences and, you know, you trying to make the NFL, um, obviously a huge dream of yours. You know, we're, I wouldn't say we're doing the same thing, but we're doing the same thing as far as, you know, 
we're trying to pursue the NFL just in a different light, you know. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, so, Curtis, if you're ready to answer some questions, I think we're ready to get started. Yes, sir. I'm ready. Okay. First question we always ask any any NFL hopeful. We've had several on the show. Uh, but it's I'm an NFL GM. What would you bring to my organization? You know, in other words, why, why, why should we hire you? Why should we add you to the franchise? Uh, for me, I, I would say the first thing is character. Uh, I know one, one a huge demise that's in the NFL right now is character. Um, I believe that, you know, right now the NFL is picking guys based off of talent and not talent plus character. So I know for one, that will be more so character. I know I'll be in great uh, character. Um, you know, with, with, you know, secondary and also with the defense as well. Not more so a motivation uh, person, but more so just uh, by, by my lifestyle, by the way I live. And it can be a huge example. For me, I was a guy coming out the project. I had one mother, 10, she raised 10 kids on her own, government housing, low income. So I understand. Also, I've been around people that also rappers that had a lot of money and different things. So I know kind of both spectrums of guys that's coming into the league, you know, guys who come from a wealthy background, some that's not. But for me, I found that equilibrium, that, that balance. So I know how to carry myself on and off the field. Uh, also, as far as my job entails and who I am, you know, as an athlete, um, I look at the likes of, you know, uh, Earl Thomas, Eric Berry, and a lot of those guys, and I look at my ability and what I can do. For me, I'm I'm six foot two fifteen, and I can cover, I can move, I got good hips, you know, all those different things. So my quality of work, in which is the main thing, is me getting the job. It's my athleticism. I know I can come in and can, can, can and contribute. So those are things I feel that are, are the, the, the greatest asset to any organization. You know, I I like your response with that, Curtis, because I think, you know, you even said, you know, you may not be right off the bat that leader, but, you know, you, you're you're a reliable guy. You know, that's what you're going to bring to the team. You're going to bring hard work. You're going to you're going to bring what what you've got, you know. And another thing, I really love what you said with character. Um, anymore now in the NFL, we see so many players getting in trouble for, you know, some of the most bonehead decisions and, you, you know, us little guys sit there and go, why, why would they do something like that? And money has something to do with it, but having a good level head, I think, speaks volumes to a, a, an NFL GM. I really do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I, I believe that as well. I think You want to ask them? That's what they do. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to skip. Go ahead. I want to I want to ask you about your uh, your experience in Texas Southern. I happen to have I actually happen to have spent about 15 years down in Texas. So can you tell us how you transferred from Minnesota to Texas Southern? Like what was the appeal? I mean that's that's quite the distance. You went from Minnesota all the way to Houston, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, uh, when I was coming out of uh, high school, uh, I, I was recruited, you know, by many many different uh, programs. Uh, so I, I didn't really have any guidance or anything for us going to school, you know, for which college and things like that. I could have, you know, I could have went into the SEC. I could have went into, you know, a lot of different programs. But I ended up committing to Kansas State. And uh, I went to – before I took the vision, I took the vision. I didn't like it. 
uh, decommitted, and now I left him to two schools, Minnesota and Missouri. And I could have waited uh, to a, a couple of schools. They was they wanted me like Florida, Ohio State, but they were recruiting another guy at the time, and they was like, okay, if he goes to one of the other one of the schools, that they'll take me. And I was like, nah, I'm, I'm okay with that. So uh, Minnesota brought the whole staff down. They brought uh, the head coach, the defensive coordinator, the D line coach, the D. You know, they brought everybody down uh, to wow. the old good old Houston, Texas, for me. So I was <laughs> like, okay, man. Hey, that's where I'm going. They came to my house, sat down with my mom, you know, and everything. And, you know, it was like, hey, we want them. Coach, uh, head coach, he came, sat on my bed, you know, and talked with me. I said, hey, man, well, my mind made up. I'm going to Minnesota. So, got to wow. Minnesota. Um, uh, I started as a true freshman there. I really enjoyed it. But, uh, you know, uh, my father figure was like, you know, Coach Withers, you know, and uh, Coach Withers ended up leaving that first that first year. So for me, it was kind of like a dagger to my heart. Like, man, you know, Coach Withers leaving. He didn't want me to follow him. So I was like, man, I, I don't think I could just stay up here like that. So I said, okay, you know what? I'm gonna just I'm gonna leave and go back to go back home. I had a, I had a visit at Texas A&M when Mike Sherman was there. Mike Sherman ended up telling mm-hmm. me that uh, they had they had oversigned. So I was just sitting at home, you know, not knowing what to, you know, where to go, what to do. Uh, phone got turned off, so I missed the call from Arizona State and Washington State. Didn't have no money to take the, you know, get my flight to go up there, so I missed those two, those offers. And so I was just like, man, I don't know what I'm gonna do. So I ended up just going to Texas Southern. It was already in Houston, and uh, I ended up going there, and I, I just felt truly betrayed, <laughs> to be honest with you. But I went there. I made the best of the best of it. Uh, had had to come back and make a name for myself. My 2009 to 10 year, where I had six interceptions, and then I had four interceptions. Had a couple of touchdowns. Uh, you know, TDs uh, for you know, I mean interceptions for touchdowns. And uh, so I mean that was that was really my my journey and, and uh, going there. And uh, so uh, and that that was pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, you know, that those setbacks, that's what makes a person, you know. Um, you talked about your character earlier, and that, that's what defines a person. And, you know, right now, again, you're trying to make it in the NFL, and I, we, we hope you do. We really do. Um, but have there been teams that have called you yet and, um, or have reached out to you and talked to you at all yet? Yeah, I, I, I had talked with yeah, – I've been in contact with a couple of teams. I was in contact with the Los Angeles Rams, with uh, Taylor Morton. I was uh, talking with uh, Chris Harris from the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. I talked to uh, yeah. Mr. Kelly from the Chicago Bears. I talked with uh, Will McClay from the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Drew from the, the Jets. Uh, uh, who else? I can't think. I talked with the Houston Texans as well. Uh, but mostly, you know, it's, it's been a wait-and-see deal. I thought the Rams was going to pull the trigger on me, uh, but they didn't. Uh, I couldn't see why that, that didn't materialize. But I thought I could be a big uh, a big help to them in their secondary. Uh, and then, you know, Dallas. Dallas has a young, young DB crew, so I thought that would probably be a good fit as well. So, but that's, that's really been it. Yep. Just, just kind of been a wait-and-see. You know, I don't think you really fit the – 
the the style down in Dallas as of right now. They've got a lot of troublemakers and uh, guys. Actually, you know what, Chad? I was just about to say. I think he perfectly fits the style because he might be able to straighten some of the yeah, Right, right. <laughs> Anybody from Dallas Cowboys is listening, man. You better you better get on that phone. You better give old Curtis Thomas a call because he he gonna fix you right up. But yeah. you you guys need down in Jerry World. They need a little character. That's Curtis. very true. Um. Curtis, in case you didn't get anything from that, uh, on the show, we uh, don't do any profanity, but we don't sugarcoat anything either as far as, you know, we're not biased. We, you know, we don't mind the Cowboys, but at the same time, we don't like what we're seeing out of Dallas. You know what I'm saying? It's just not a good yeah. – um, there's so many off-the-field concerns, you know. Curtis, mm-hmm. I got a question for you. Yeah. What player if – you, if you had to pick a player in the NFL right now at your position – that you that you could compare yourself to as far as game style as, as as far as athleticism, who do you think best represents the way you like to play uh, in the NFL right now? Man, that's a you know I, I, I oftentimes um, that 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 was a tough question for me because uh, that that's one I just asked myself that uh, I, I I was a big fan of uh, Earl Thomas I was a big fan of uh, Eric Berry. Uh, Todd down in Jacksonville. Uh, uh, I like Ha Ha a little bit, uh, but the uh, the one guy who really has stood out to me the most is Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm Jenkins, oh, is yeah, very, okay. very very underrated. He's very underrated, but to me, he's the he kind of fits who who I am. He's he's very he's a hard nose. He he's very intelligent, real smart. Um, Come up at the line, can make make some tackles, can be in the coverage, make some interceptions. A very leader, very uh, he's a leader. He's a very instinctive player, uh, and I think yes. by I think for that, I think he kind of fits the mold because to me, I feel myself as an athlete. I'm more so like a Brian Dawkins. Brian Dawkins, you yep. know, leader, center of the field, can coverage. You know, whatever you tell him to do, he can he he fits that mold to me. So. I would say right now Malcolm Jenkins is, is that, that guy. You know, and you said Malcolm Jenkins is very underrated. You know what? That whole Eagles defense is very underrated really this is. year. And yeah. You know what? Malcolm Jenkins is a player with a lot of grit. Yeah. He's he's a real hard hard nosed guy. He gets after the football. I like that comparison. And you know he you know Curtis, you mentioned My, Malcolm Jenkins and um, Brian Dawkins, both the Philadelphia Eagles. You're not an Eagles fan, are you? I'm a, honestly, my my uh, had a cousin who played for the Philadelphia Eagles for uh, uh, six seasons. Uh, Jaquay, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, he played. Yeah, he played there, and I got an opportunity to come up to the Eagles game. And I tell you, when I came up there, man, I was just blown away. I was like, wow, <laughs> you know that. And I, I got a chance to meet Brian one time, took a picture with him, and uh, I was just amazed how in on. On TV, he looks so big, but he's not really big like that. Um, yeah. But I was just, I was just blown away with the whole little chant to fly, Eagles fly, and everything. I was just blown away, man. I had, <laughs> had an awesome job there. Well, I don't know if you know this, Curtis, but we broadcast directly out of Philadelphia. So listen here, Philadelphia. <laughs> I know your defense is pretty stacked up, but you can always use another defensive player. True. Especially in the secondary, yeah. you got to play against Dak Prescott. <clears throat> um, yeah, and um, growing up, like like you said, you you went to a Philadelphia Eagles game. Is it is it safe to say that you 
the, the, the player you idolized was Brian Dawkins growing up, or was there another uh, NFL player that you idolized? Yeah, it was Brian Dawkins. I always, always Brian uh, love Brian, Brian Dawkins, yeah. Brian How could you Brian not like the X Factor? For the weapon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I, I would I would literally watch his games before my games. I my study my film and I would just kinda watch I would just really study how he tackled his preparation, he was warm up, all those different things to kinda, you know, prepare myself. Even some days I know it's gonna be a time where I'm gonna be doing a lot of tackling this game. I'll focus on that, his tackling. I know time I'll be in coverage a lot, I kinda focus on how he would you know, range yourself, his depth, all those different things. So, yeah, Brian Dawkins, he, he, he's, uh, yeah, he's a great, he's a great experience to me. That's, I mean, he's he's one of the he's one of the best safeties to play the game. He's great. He's a great safety man. Curtis, we've had a yeah. lot of guys on our show, and it just so happens we had uh, Kendall Gaskins on our show a couple weeks ago, running back okay. uh, that played for the Forty ers and he had some advice. Um, for would-be free agents. Yeah, or, yeah. They, we had some NFL hopefuls come on uh, the following week when we were talking to NFL Gaskins. Um, we were going to be talking to uh, Daryl Verges and uh, Corey Felton Jr. And we had talked yeah, to man. yeah, we we had talked to Rashawn Sly uh, a few weeks earlier than that uh, before talking to Kendall Gaskins. And we asked Kendall um, what advice he had for uh, the NFL hopefuls that we'd be ta- talking to soon, and um, what you know what. You know anything he could give them to help them, you know, get get their dream to come true, their NFL dream to come true. Um, would you want us to play that soundbite for you and have, get some advice from Kendall Gaskins? Yeah, that'd be perfect. Okay, go All right, man. So we're gonna play this. For we're gonna have um, a couple athletes next weekend come on our show. Um, Corey yeah. Fulton Jr. and uh, Daryl Daryl Yeah. Um, they're, they're, you know, aspiring athletes. You know, I, I don't want you to give away all your secrets of what you do and stuff, but do you have any advice for those guys? I mean, you're trying to look for a place, but, you know, so are these guys, you know, these young bucks here. What advice do you have for those players? Uh, you know, just once you have that confidence in yourself, you have that goal in yourself, don't worry about what all the naysayers say because, you know, it was, it was when I was coming up, it was plenty of guys that said I wasn't fast enough, I wasn't explosive enough. You know, I didn't play against that much competition. I was just bigger than everybody. So there's a lot of guys that, you know, and people that didn't believe in me. So you can't listen to all that hype. You got to be confident in your craft and give what you got because if that's something you want to do, you can go get it. You don't want to live with, you know, saying, oh, you know, when you're older in life, say, ah, I think I should have went a little bit harder than that because you're not going to be able to live with yourself. But if you give it everything you got and you, you work hard and you believe that you can you make it and, and it just doesn't work out, then it's much easier to live that way because you know you did everything you could, but it just, you know, didn't happen for you. But, you know, if you could, if you have that mentality in life, you, you know, you can bounce back if that doesn't happen for you and help you get to wherever you want to go after that. But, you know, that, that's how I look at it. It's all about believing in yourself and having – uh, you know, confidence and, and, and working your tail off because, you know, at the end of the day, that, that's what it's going to take. And especially it's going to take even more for someone, you know, to to that's not in the loop or, you know, that's just trying to get his foot in the door. You know, it's going to take that much more for them to get noticed. So you, you just got to get everything you got, go, you know, you look up 
workouts and different, you know, combine events they have for, like, in regional combines and, you know, try to connect. You know, actually, uh, uh, Rashawn, I believe that's what he actually reached out to me on LinkedIn. And, you know, we we talked a little bit, so it was pretty cool with me. So he's, he's using his connections. He, he's talking to people. So that's a big, big thing. You know, you can't be scared because it, you can't score if you don't shoot. If you if you don't try to connect with people and, and meet all the best people you can, then it, it, it might not work out for you. So you got to be willing to do every little thing. And if someone's willing to camp outside somewhere, that's strongly that they're dedicated. So I think, you know, that they keep along on the same path and, 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 and keep working like they are working, you know, somebody, they're going to get a tryout, you know, or something. Somebody's going to be willing to take them, even if it's not in the NFL. You know, a lot of they, a lot of places have people looking around for athletes. So you know, just keep up the hard work. So Curtis, with that being said, do you have anything any um, thing to say about what Kendall Gaskins had to say? Yeah, I, 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 I agree with that a whole hundred percent because even like myself. Uh, I've had that too, you know, for us, hey, man, you might not, well, I'm looking for this time or, you know, you might not, you know, be quite hype, you know, or, you know, it's just not the right fit, you know, or things like that. But, you know, so I can agree with that as well. And I've been to a lot of camps. I've played in bowl games. You know, I've been ranked uh, top, top player since the time I was in high school. And I went against all those guys and I've seen them. And I had a lot of those guys that have came and commended me and said, man, you know what, man, I can't, I don't understand why you haven't got a shot yet. So for me, man, you know, and I believe that as well, just to continue to work hard, continue reaching out, connecting, and all those different things that I can see. Because that's been my whole, um, you know, everything I've been doing. So that being said, I can I agree with that a whole 100%. Yeah, and I think <clears throat> something else to be said, too, is, just because when the regular season starts doesn't mean it's over either. I mean, injuries happen, uh, cuts yeah. happen. You know what I mean? People get released and everything. Um, so I, I think you've got the right attitude, and I think you've got the the right mentality um, doing this and just keeping that, keeping at it. Um, you said you had one more question for me. Yeah. Uh, Curtis, you can play for any NFL team right now. <laughs> if, if somebody was going to knock down your door and say, Curtis, come play for me, where would you like to play? Uh, 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 out there, guy at your spot. Uh, man, that's a good question, man. Honestly, uh, I, I, I always had the mindset that if, if any, if, if thirty-two teams, anybody that 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 have a need, I'm, I'm ready to come fit the need. Uh, I'm ready to come and you know and be that be that asset, you know. And I and I always tell them this that when you when you call me and you bring me in and you take that chance on me. You won't regret it. You're gonna go home feeling good about the call that you made, and not, you know, have nightmares, you know, and have your name in the newspaper and things. But, but you're gonna go home. You'll be able. And if, if the GM is married, you know, he's gonna go home. He'll be, he'll be glad to go home and kiss his wife, knowing that he called, you know, Curtis Thomas. So. I like that a lot. That's like a good. That's a good. It's a good answer. Yeah, it's a good answer. Um, Curtis, listen. Um, we haven't made an NFL team yet, but. We still want you to come back on the show. Um, and if you do make an NFL team, we want to ask you for something in return. Um, and that is, yeah. we would like um, – Whoa, 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 Ted. What, What's that? Hang on a minute. What's that? 
It's so, not if he makes one. Well, he's yeah, making one. Yeah. I mean, I, go. I, I on, think man. Listen here. He's going to make one. You, you listen go here in Philadelphia. And Dallas, you listen to me too. Yeah, they need you need help. some help at corner. Safety. You better pick up that phone and safety. Yeah, you play both of them. Play both positions. Listen here. You, you, you folks down there in Dallas could use all the character help you can get. Yep. You'll be picking up that phone and knocking down Curtis Thomas's door, offering him some of them big boy dollars. Yes, absolutely. But uh, anyways, Curtis, uh, what we would ask of you is um, we would like a jer- your jersey um, and have it hanging up for us. Uh, what we're planning on doing is have um, everybody that we interview um, give us a jersey. We're going to hang them up behind us and uh, really give back to the people that we interview, you know, for taking time out of your day. Uh, we know you, every athlete is a busy person, and we appreciate you being on the show. So if, if you could do that, that would be great. Oh, yeah, that that would be a pleasure. That would be a pleasure for me to do that. I, I, and I appreciate so, y'all just giving me the opportunity to be on the show. Awesome, man. We, we appreciate it. We want, the reason we do this is we, we want to honor you guys for coming on the show. We know how busy you are. We know how, how hard it is for you guys to get into the league. We know how fast you guys are all are. We want to add you to our Hall of Fame. Yeah. So we we appreciate (laughs) you coming on the show. Uh, You you guys are what make the show possible. Yeah. You guys, you guys, without you guys, we don't have anything to talk about. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, with with having you guys, certain people come on for interviews, and you know, and it entices people. What makes people want to listen? It makes people want to watch us on Facebook because we're doing Facebook Live right now. Um, You know. that all helps helps us, and it helps him get more exposure as well. Um, so, again, Curtis, we appreciate you coming on, man, and we're going to stay in touch with you. Um, and like I said, we're, we're going to want to have you come back on the show if that's cool. Yes, sir. That would be perfect. All right. We're going to let you go. All right, now. Here, buddy. <clears throat> Guys, great interview with uh, Curtis Thomas there. Great interview. Uh, loved it. Uh, very genuine guy. You know, all these guys we've had on here are genuine. They're real with us. You know what I mean? Well, the ones that come on. The ones that do come on, yes. Yes, we, for some reason, David Hunter did not give us a call. I had messaged him um, yesterday and today. Multiple times, didn't call. Listen, um, David, I know you know how to tell people. Adam Adam Gaddis did not call last week, but I did find out why. Reason being, um, since they lost to the Steelers, they had practice on Sunday <laughs> because of the loss. So, he was uh he was getting grilled while we were doing our show. Well, Adam, it's forgiven. Next time, don't lose. <laughs> right, next time, win. Win games so you can come on the show. Yeah, so we'll we'll have to get we'll have to get in touch with Adam again okay, and have him come back on there. I mean, you know, it happens. It happens. You, 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 get that you know, that was the same game where T.J. Watt got two sacks and, and you felt good about him. Yeah. yeah, you felt good about it. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed watching T.J. Wonder, Adam Gettis had to do a lot more running. Yeah. So, anyways. Thank you guys for coming on the show. Um, we're going to go ahead and end the show. Um, appreciate all the love and support you guys give us next week. Straight football talk. We'll be talking about New England Patriots, Los Angeles Rams, NFL buzz, all that good stuff. Me. What? We'll be talking about me, Ted. Well, you'll be on the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. So take care, guys. We'll see you then.